Podcast Network. All right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a bit? I don't have a bit. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I mean, we're all, we're all from the same vague area, but I don't know. Nicole, do you have, was there like a local ghost story or anything? Um, so I'm from South Jersey and besides like the Jersey devil, which is like a whole thing. Yeah. Friend of mine. There is a friend of yours, (laughs) close personal friend. There was like a whole thing about the Atco ghost. Atco's a town in New Jersey. Okay. So that was like a whole thing was like, oh, there's like this ghost. And it was kind of, Atco's one of those towns where it's like, one side is like incredibly rural and the other side is like very suburban. And mm-hmm. so like the rural side was said to have like a ghost wandering on the road and stuff like that. But nice. um, they also had money there and I, so I didn't go there. <laughs> yeah. So I've never <laughs> encountered the echo ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison, was there, did your like neighborhood have a ghost story or anything like that? No, not that no. I'm aware of. We didn't have like a ghost story or anything, but we had like, like the creepy house. Mm. There was a house on the block that I grew up on that was set back from the street. Um, but it was like, on you know, it's sub-suburban Philadelphia. It's in the Northeast. So it's not like, oh, these like expansive homes. It's like basically a bunch of duplexes, except one of these, I guess, pushed the house back and had their garage and then had the driveway like go up in front of the house down at the street. But then by the time I was growing up there, they had just put shrubs at the, at the street line. So it was this, like, deep yard. It was always kind of overgrown. And then the house was, like, back at least, like, half a house length. And so it was always, like, I dare you to go up there. I dare you to go trick-or-treat there. You know, like that. So like, did you go? Nothing ever. Like, I, you know, we went, like, we're trick-or-treat. And we all, like, worked our nerve up. And we, like, went and knocked on the door. There was no doorbell. Like, no lights. Nobody came out. But, like, we knew. We saw people in there occasionally. Like, you know, lights on at night or whatever. But, but yeah, we had a couple of those. And there was, like, you know, there was one, like shabby house they're like oh which lives there i was like no i know who lives there it's my grandmother's <laughs> friend she's like 80 she can't paint the shutters like yeah it's fine it's just a house <laughs> yeah the house needs a paint job paint watch, paint watch. Paint watch, paint watch. Paint watch, paint watch. i hate them all but i just can't stop So we are doing our first On the Road podcast at the South Street Art Mart with our dear friend, Nicole. Hi. And why did you choose this location, Nicole? (laughs) Oh, well, I worked today. So (laughs) my very good friends, Hunter and Allison, were kind enough to come to me (laughs) rather than have me come to them. So they came after I closed the store. And now we are podcasting in the middle of my store because yeah. they are, again, very nice friends. Yeah, you set up a table and, and chairs. I was yeah. Because like, Allison was like, okay, we'll take the regular, like, arm mics that we use and we'll bring the table mic stands in case. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, worst case, like, if we're all just sitting around in chairs, we can just hold those. Yeah. But then I came in and you had three chairs and a, and a table set up. I, I should like, have oh, known you this. have some fucking tables. I know you have tables. Table. It's funny. I was setting it up. Our friend Jay was here earlier because he did a drop. <laughs> and he was like, do you have somebody somebody popping up outside tomorrow? And I was like, no, I have friends coming. <laughs> I was like, I'm podcasting tonight. And I'm Italian, so I have to set up like a, a spread. 
<laughs> if I wasn't working, there'd be like a food of some kind. So I really, I really fucking appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Next time we do this, uh, and if Nicole, Nicole had to run out to get those shirts, or else I could have found some snack for us. Yeah, yeah. it would be like the seven here. fishes, but it's potatoes. Exactly. Ooh, have y'all been watching the bear? I haven't seen season two yet. Okay. Oh, it was good. Season two has some really excellent Italianness. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. That's just a funny phrase, but it yeah. definitely does. Yeah. But I mean, so does this movie, but like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. see, that's the thing is like, I am like, I forgot how much I'm like, oh yeah, I get this movie. Yeah. Until we started watching it. And then Nicole was like, this is, this part's weird to me. I was like, nope, you're just not Italian. That's not actually weird at all. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned this film to me a while ago, years ago. I knew that I wanted to have you on the show to talk about it at some point. I was like, oh, this is a movie you really like. You told me about it. You were very enthusiastic. It sounded good. So I picked up a copy. I watched it exactly once, and I was like, we should definitely do this. And then it's been years. So I forgot about, like, a bunch of the little things. I remembered, like, the broad strokes. But then watching it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. As soon as it started, and it's, like, it's in the, like, now times of 1988 or whatever. I was like, oh, right, right, and he's a writer, and I was like, we're going to flash back. I was like, okay, cool, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So watching this was an enormous refresher for me because I've seen it exactly once, and I was in fifth grade. Oh, wow. So my fifth grade teacher, I grew up in a very shitty town, you both know this, but my fifth grade teacher was the shit. I still have, I'm still in contact with her. She's wonderful. And I don't know how it came up, but like scary movies, I guess, came up, and she started talking about this movie to our fifth grade class. And then she said, you know what? I'm just going to find it and bring it in. And then she brought it in, and it's just in your regular fifth grade day, lights off, popcorn, and we, yeah. no permission slips. We watched a horror movie. That's Because she was the shit. And so I've seen it exactly once. I loved it. But I had found, like, a VHS copy in, like, a thrift store, but I had never tried it to see if it worked. So watching this, I was like, oh, my God, I remember this part. Because I have a couple parts that were, like, really stuck in my head. Yeah. And now, like, watching it, I'm like, right, this movie's awesome, and I love it. So you were in fifth grade? Fifth grade. This is PG-13. That's ballsy. It's ballsy, right? <laughs> right? And now, today, you would have, like, 17 people in oh, a school, yeah. board, school board meeting and, like, oh, yeah. a whole thing. Uh-huh. PG-13, I guess... Because it's, like, it is violent, but it's bloodless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there is some language. So, I was in my head, I was trying to do the math of, like, why PG-13? Like, they also do have the N-word. Yes. Yes. Which yes. wouldn't have been as bad 20 years 20 ago. 20 years ago, right? Yeah. As much, and, and, I mean, you want to introduce the movie? Let's introduce the movie. Okay. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Let's do this, like, like it's a show we've done 100 plus times. Right, right. So... <laughs> Hello, excellent humans, and welcome to another episode of Hate Watch, Great Watch. I'm your host, Allison Yukoulis. With me, as always, uh, I'm Hunter Bush, and our guest today. I'm Nicole Leanne. Returning for your fourth time? I think it's fourth. Is it fourth or third? Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim. Lisa. Lisa. Herbie. Is it Huey Herbie? Uh, I already forgot because I hated that movie. What, do, what the hell was it? Hubie. Hubie. It's Hubie. I was, it was, I was wrong. Hubie Halloween. Hubie. The two names I said yes. pushed together. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, in my head, I'm going, Herbie Halloween. I was like, yeah. no, Herbie's the love bug. And I'm yeah, like, that's the car. No. <laughs> it was so good, you guys. <laughs> it was so good. We all remembered it. Yep. Yeah, it was great. Yep. They're making a sequel. I, uh, why? I'm still holding out hope to see that weird movie where he's like a cosmonaut and he hallucinates like a giant spider in space. Oh, God. And they're friends or whatever, and it's like not a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, yep, can't wait. I told you about that the instant I read it. And uh-huh. I was like, we have to do that on the show. Well, I remember, I, and I told Nicole, and she's like, after the, the Hubie Halloween, we're going to do this? Why are you guys making me do this? And I was like, we're making you do this. <laughs> she gets to do a lot of fun movies. She, she can sure do does. some crap. Yo, she is not on board for the crap, <laughs> and that is not fair. <laughs> That's not what the show's called. I, the I show's know, not called I, Everything's Great All the Time. I know. So I'm with you. There's a great uh, Macho Man Randy Savage clip where he's on Arsenio Hall. And Arsenio asks him, like, you're a macho man, but, like, have you ever cried? And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's like, he, like, launches in this whole thing, basically destroying toxic masculinity, which is great. But he's like, I have soared with the eagles and I have slithered with the snakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, the macho man experiences the full range of emotions. Oh, yeah. It's that's great. Beautiful. It's like wonderful, but I, that's what I think of when you're like, you're like, yeah, she's done a lot of good movies. She has to do some crap. I'm like, yeah, we've soared with the eagles. It's time to slither with the snakes. <laughs> so, what did we pick? So we are watching. We've watched Lady in White from 1988, PG-13, as I mentioned. Director was Frank Lalogia. Probably Lalogia. Lalogia. Okay, I defer to you. I'm not actually Italian. I just play one on TV. Sure. <laughs> An hour and 53 minutes, if anybody's keeping track. Yeah. It feels like a tight movie, too. It, it is. It feels like we are just, like, moving along, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is, like, a 35-year-old movie, and you would have seen it about maybe, like, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of this does have, like, some stuff that would be played very differently if it was made today. It's also set in the 60s. It is yeah. also set in the 60s, so yes, there's even a further... Yeah, and it's, it's doing that very Stephen King thing of, like, world building. It's, it's showing you, like, casual, the casual racism of the time mm-hmm. and the, you know... Yeah, I mean, even, like, the big opening sequence through the town is a lot of, like, the goings-on in the morning and yeah. stuff, so... It actually reminded me of... It made me think... And question whether or not the people who made the It miniseries, the good one, the 1991. Yes, the mm-hmm. one that, that doesn't totally disappoint on the back yeah. half. Yeah, mm-hmm. the one where the three of us and a couple more of our friends didn't stand on the street at like two in the morning for like three hours talking about how it sucked. The other one, um, in the beginning of Bill coming home, there's like, it's almost an identical scene where it's like mm-hmm. the car is oh, yeah. winding through the, the road and you can hear the cab driver talking to him and he says like, oh, how's it feel to be home? And like and he says like, hometown boy makes good. And that's yeah. what the, the other woman says to Bill in mm-hmm. it. And I was like, I wonder if this is like that's just completely coincidental or if that those writers from it kind of like unintentionally had that in the back of their head. Perhaps not, but yeah. I thought about it when yeah. I was watching it. Yeah, what year is that? What year is the... 93? 90. 90. Oh, it's 90. Okay. Yeah, so... so it's not that long. No, no. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what kind of release this got. Because I never heard of it before you mentioned it to me. And then, like, it just so happened that within, like, I don't know, six months or something, some label put it out on, like, Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah. so I believe that the Wikipedia article... That one I just skimmed. I didn't really do a deep read into like stuff about the movie because i've been having a heck of a week but i think i saw that it was a flop in theaters but has gotten more of a following and was very well reviewed yeah it's not poorly made no but i had never heard of it other than my teacher like yeah like up until like well into my adulthood i never like heard anybody talk about it wasn't like seeing it in video stores or anything like that like it just kind of didn't exist yeah Yeah. for me for a long time past that point and it's got some people in it yeah. yeah. No, like, you know, like, huge, huge stars, but, like, notable names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like, our main character for the, you know, the bulk of the film is played by Lucas Haas. Lucas Haas. Mm-hmm. Love Lucas Haas. Yeah. 
And he's so little in it, and he's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, like a perfect like little kid face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You look at him, you'll never have no idea that he'll grow up to be in the Pussy Fosse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that I know that. <laughs> yeah. I hate that I know that exists, and I know way too many people that are in it. Like. Yeah. That's like a thing that just pops up in my head where I'll be watching something and somebody will come on screen and I'm like, he's in the Pussy Posse. David Blaine is also in the Pussy Posse. Why do, why do I know this? Why do I no. think this? That's, David that's Blaine. haunting. He's good in this, though. He is. He's really good in this. And his dad, who I can't remember the dad's... Oh, uh, Alex Rocco. Alex yes. Rocco was in one episode of every TV show you've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. He did a lot of voice work, too. A lot mm-hmm. of voice work. He was also in... The Wedding Planner, which I very much love. I oh, will yeah. not be taking like any okay. any negativity towards The Wedding Planner, even though they're trying to tell me J-Lo is Italian, but that's neither here nor there. He plays her father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're big Scrabble <laughs> players. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, and he was in one of my favorite episodes of The Golden Girls. Oh, yeah? So, yeah, he plays this guy that Dorothy used to have like a relationship with. Like she, He's married, and she used to have... like be like the mistress essentially okay. and he comes back into her life and tells her that he's going to leave his wife finally so they start up the affair again and then guess what does not happen oh, <laughs> you know boy. dun 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 who else is in oh well Mona Mona mm-hmm. yes I, that like I totally missed that too watching it I was like didn't even register oh really yeah it wasn't until I was like doing the cast of it. I was like oh shit fun that I thought the kid who played the, the little shithead who is in the devil outfit. Yeah. He was an overboard, so was Mona. Oh, really? Yeah. Was that Donald or Louie? Right? Yes. The, the two kids at school? Yes. Yeah. I couldn't tell I which think, one was which. I think it's Donald, but yeah. I could be wrong about that order. Every time I thought I knew which one was which, I'm pretty sure there would be like ADR dialogue of that one calling the other one by the name I thought he had. And I was <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, maybe that's just bad diet, like bad ADR. Maybe. But it kept confusing me. And I was just like, I don't know. So every, all my notes are like, Donald and or Louie. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're honestly a package deal most of the time anyway. True. Yeah, one is more... It's just that one's more of a dick, yeah. Right. yeah. one is more uh, more moderate. Yeah, one's more of a dick, and the other one just doesn't do anything about the other one being a dick. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I, so I think it's Donald is the worst. I That's think what you that. right? said, but then I thought it was the opposite. You thought it was but Louis? But I, I thought that the one that was a dick called the other one Donald. That's Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there was... Okay. Yeah. So, like, but I don't know. I think know. the teacher... I might have been mistaken. ...keeps reprimanding Donald, which would lead me to believe he's the Oh, maybe. I don't know. But he does deliver... Watch that they flip him halfway through, because yeah. they don't even remember. No, maybe. <laughs> but he does deliver... Maybe my favorite line in the whole movie, based purely on delivery, which is he goes... Like, he looks at her, he's like, cold as a witch's tit out here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that made me laugh so hard. It's all delivery. It's all the yeah. way he said it, where he's like, he's like imparting a secret. He's like, you know what? It's all to convince uh, Frankie that his hat, he, it's to remind Frankie that he doesn't have his hat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the setup is really good, I think. It, it, it doesn't feel like you're taking, like, a leap of faith to just follow the storyline with that. Yeah. Of, like, getting to where we need to be for, like, the action to start. I feel like it's a really believable. Yeah. The only we see, I don't want to call it a problem with the movie because it's not a problem. It's just a thing that I go like, huh. It's a it's a ponderance. Uh, is that the movie starts with a bookend, but it doesn't end with one. Yeah. So it's not, te- yeah. It's not technically yes. a bookend. That's true. Right. That's true. 
Um, right, it's just an awkward intro. Yeah, because I expected there to be like, and we tie it up at the end. It's just to have like a voiceover narration, I guess, but have it embedded in story, but then like it never comes back again. Just for him right. to be like, oh yeah, it was a small town and it was 1962. Yeah, there's like three we were 25 miles of outside the city and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so uh, it opens with, again, quote unquote modern day 1988. And guy gets off a plane, gets a taxi, goes back to, what's, uh, what's the town name? Uh, it is Willow Point Falls. Willow Point Falls. And, um, you know, the cab driver's like, oh, I know you. Like, and like you said, hometown boy rare. makes good. Yeah, and he's like, and it's, so he's, yeah, he's like a, a Stephen King uh, type. Like, he's a spooky novelist, and he's from, like, a small town. And he's like, yeah, take me to the cemetery. And there's, like, this shot of, uh, you know, Willow Point Falls Cemetery, uh, wrought iron gate, which we see his dad making throughout the yeah. thing. Yep. And I thought that he was, they were going to put a button on that at the end. Like something, because we, you know, and I was like, oh, but we don't. And then he goes in and he, like, you know, goes up to these two graves. And is, is it the cabbie that's still with him? The cabbie? I think so. Yeah, yeah. is like, uh, you know them? And he's like, uh, I used to or something, right? Something like that, yeah. And so then I thought, like, oh, we're going to cut back and we'll get the, like, the final shot will be, like, the graves. And we'll see, like, oh, it's, you know, it's the girl and her mother right. or something. You know, like, because like, we had no context when we see at the beginning. And I was like, cool, they'll... they'll wrap it up with context and instead like the credits just started rolling and i went okay <laughs> what if they filmed it and then just cut it like Maybe. what if they just edited it in yeah. a weird way that's possible yeah they might have they might have just been like eh, it's it's an hour 53 we're good yeah or mm-hmm. they didn't and that's just right. they just dropped it off <laughs> yeah, yeah it was weird could um, have but... also been a you can have a this or you can have a that and they're yeah. like well gotta have you know the alligator chase right that's <laughs> <laughs> not in here don't there's no there's no alligator chase well whatever they whatever like thing the that that the the dickhead kid has oh it is a lizard it is an alligator it's an alligator yeah because you see it that in is. the, the yeah. store window that it says like alligators just arrived yeah, that's right. and there's Def- like 10 little baby it definitely had a pointier face yeah. than a lizard in my head it was a uh, 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 uh an iguana but then i was like oh. no it actually is a, it is it's an, an alligator. alligator yeah you're right acting like i'm making stuff up <laughs> yeah no it'd you're... be a good lie though yeah, like, right? it's a weird lie <laughs> yeah. okay Alligator based aside. <laughs> I can't believe I have one, but I do. <laughs> so, so uh, Beerman and I have been obsessed with American Gladiators. It's, oh, I love, I fucking because, love American Gladiators. Because, well, so Netflix, Netflix did a five a fire part, saw right? It, friend. Did, did you see uh, ESPN. ESPN 30 for I 30? Didn't did not see that one yet. Has, so, yeah, we just watched part. that one too. Because Beerman had seen that. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and then I saw the Netflix thing, was, Allison was like, oh, this is on here. So, we watched that. And then Beerman and I traded notes, and then I was like, well, you got to watch the Netflix one. He's like, all right, you got to watch the 30 for 30. So we did. But now we've also gone down the rabbit hole of, like, looking up all the knockoff American Gladiator shows. Oh, nice. There was, I can't remember any of their names. They're all terrible names. But one is, like, a Wild West show. Oh, God. Where it's the same thing, but it, there, it like, has a narrative. Like, each game has, like, oh, old, old Zeke's drunk oh, at the no. wagon again. And the want. wagon got away, and you got to hop, climb up the wagon to stop the horses. No, I hate that. It's, yeah. like, terrible. And, it's like, mm-hmm. all the, just like the Gladiators had, like, a character kind of, these do, but it's like, oh, old, you know, d- Deadly Dave. And it's like, he's the meanest sun gun in three it's, counties or It's whatever. like what they do on Survivor, but nerdier. It's, it's, it's so weird. Because, so like, Survivor, weird. they used to be like, oh, you know, the perseverance is extremely important, and this is why you have to, like, hold your arms out at your side for the right. longest and right. stuff. You know, like, shit like that. Yeah, it's, but, it's just so weird. Um, oh, and then man. there was one that was actually pretty good, where it was all on rollerblades, because it was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> good. I, yeah, I fucking love American Gladiators. They, so it was 
two birthdays ago for me. It was the birthday you made me that cake. Oh, nice. And all I wanted to do was read my Stephen King book and, like, for it to snow. And then it fucking snowed. And then I discovered that American Gladiators had a channel on Pluto. So oh. I read my Stephen King book, ate the cake you made me, and watched <laughs> American Gladiators, and it fucking snowed. It was the best. Yeah. It was um, starting to snow when I dropped the cake off to Smalls. <laughs> it was starting to flurry. Yeah. So my alligator-based aside is there was uh-huh. some knockoff thing in any way. The games, like, could theoretically end in a tie, right? Because all, all those games could. Sure. And their thing, in their, they made one episode. And in the first episode, they were like, well, the tiebreaker game, it's, it was like a competitive roller derby game. But it was like the same sort of thing as American Gladiators where they're like all the, I don't remember what they called them, but all the ones like who starred on the show all had like names like, it's me, I'm Star with three R's and you know, I'm the Razor. best skater or whatever. Yeah. Right. All that stuff. The contestants would come in and like, I guess they maybe did roller derby, but like they were getting their asses handed to them. But if the game ended in a tie, they had to compete in like a speed round where something, something, something scoring. But there was a live alligator in the center of the track. <laughs> And that was, like, the danger element of it. And, like, so Beerman, like, we were obsessed with this thing. Beerman looked it up, and he's like, they only filmed one episode. And, of course, they put the alligator in the first episode, because then you always think there might be an alligator, and there's probably never going to be an alligator. And I was like, yeah, that's true. Sudden death roll. There you go. It works on so many levels, you guys. Yeah, God it does. damn it. it. No, it does. At least two. Yeah. Which is all you need. Sure. It's TV. I love it. <laughs> But yeah, uh, I can't believe I was like, I gotta watch this. I gotta see if there's, and like, it's impossible to find. It's it's actually impossible to find a lot of those knockoff ones. There's like three episodes of the Wild West one on YouTube, and there's like I think only two episodes of the Rollerblade one. Yeah, well, Um, nobody watched it, then there's way less people taping it. So yeah, but it exists somewhere, probably. Maybe in somebody's garage. Yeah. So that was my alligator-based aside. (laughs) I love it. All right, so we open up after the intro to. Frankie's house. Yeah, it's right? Hall- Halloween, Halloween, 1962. His sweet mask, which I would love to find in the wild, but I'm yeah. sure it was made for the show because I've never seen a mask like that. Yeah, no. Apparently, I read on the, I think it's the IMDb trivia or one of the, was that um, a lot of people thought it was supposed to be Richard Nixon. Oh, God. Oh. But no, it's Dracula. Yeah, it's, Dracula. it's Dracula. It's clearly Dracula. Yikes. And it was based on a specific Dracula figure, which he has when they, they show his yep. three like monster statues. I didn't even catch that, but I remember the mm-hmm. statue. It's based on the, that specific face. And I don't know, somebody from production had like a mask making friend of theirs based nice. on that. Or maybe the director you That's know, asked really for fun. it. That's really fun. But yeah, I was like, oh, it's definitely Dracula. Although it does kind of look like Ed Asner. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah I it kind of does look that. like Ed Asner. Oh. <laughs> Since I saw it, I was like, Ed Asner should have played Dracula. He would have been great. Oh, my God. He would have been such a should have been in everything. <laughs> he would have made such a funny Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I would be surprised if there isn't a Mary Tyler Moore, you know, episode where it's Halloween in the newsroom and he's Dracula. He's got the widow's peak or something. Listen, if there was, Nicole, this is where Nicole would be very useful. She'd be able to tell us. So. Yeah. True. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a great mask. It's very cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Parts of this remind me a bit of, like, uh, Season of the Witch mm-hmm. with yeah. some of the stuff like that. And, you know, just, like, the very, the like... Halloween one? Yeah. Like, Halloween Yeah, yeah, one? yeah, okay. sorry. Halloween Season of the Witch, not... Uh, Nicolas Cage. Not Nicolas Cage Season of the Witch. <laughs> who also played Dracula. It's true. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I mean, yeah. Small town, yeah. you know. Totally. Kind of had that vibe. Yeah, yeah. Like a perfectly fall... Yeah. environment. Yeah. yeah, it's a very cute town. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so, okay, we've got Frankie, which, again, is Lucas Haas. We've got his family. So his dad, as we mentioned, is uh, Alex Rocco. Plays Angelo. He's got a brother named Gino, played by Jason Presson. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He, he is. is so good. Yeah. There's uh, Mama, which is his grandmother, Renata Van, and Papa Charlie, played by Angelo Bertolini. Papa Charlie is always trying to smoke cigarettes, and he is constantly being, like, ratted out and tricked <laughs> into yeah. not being able to smoke them, and he's so mad the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing I totally forgot from the first time I watched yeah, it. Yeah, me too. And it's, watching it this time, I was like, oh, right. It's such a good, like, recurring thing. Yeah, yeah. and it's, like, very, it's, it's again, I'm going to talk about how Stephen Kingy it is throughout the whole thing, but it is very that. It's that, like, folksy... It's not a plot-relevant thing. His cigarettes don't save the day ever. Sure. It's not like... It's just no. like, oh, this is a good... You know, it, it paints a picture of Frankie's day-to-day life. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really, it's really effective. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's like a, a comic relief, too. It is. Yeah. So it's not all, like, yeah, yeah, building it's... tension or, like, fear. It's, it's comedy in there, too, and the cigarette bit is really good. Yeah, and yeah. it starts right from, like, basically the beginning. Because uh, Frankie and Gino are going to race to school on their bikes. And as Gino's leaving, uh, uh, Papa Charlie's, like, behind the shed or whatever, yeah, trying to yeah. smoke a cigarette. And he's, like, he's, like, signaling, like, don't tell, don't tell, you know, your mama that I'm out here. And he's, like, okay, bye, Grandpa! <laughs> and, and, you know... The grandmother's like, well, the I cigarette, see. He drops a cigarette and goes into because the top of his pants. Yeah, it's that's like right. smoking. It's yep. like such a like old school like bit. Yeah, yeah. it's like a Three Stooges bit yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then he like walks over. He's like, I wasn't smoking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Later on, him in the in the tub is oh, so God. like what a crazy <laughs> like cutaway where it's like, oh. where's Grandpa? Is he gonna have dinner? <laughs> She's like, no, he's trying to drown himself because I hit his cigarettes. <laughs> And Which, he's like in the full tub, like like when you're yeah. like, what's he doing? Yeah. And then she's like, she's like, I hit them in the drain. <laughs> he's like, they all fly up and, and yeah. She's floating. like, she's like, I hope you took off your new watch before you tried to drown yourself. And he like pulls his wrist out. And he's like, ah. It's <laughs> like, damn it. And then they're all laughing at him. Yeah. They're like, ah, grandpa trying to commit suicide in the tub again. <laughs> and then he falls in the tub, and then all his cigarettes flop up out of the drain. Yeah. Beautiful. It's so good and so weird. It's so silly. Well, it is. It's like the kid holding their breath kind of thing yes. where it's yes. like you know oh yeah he's just being extra he's being very yes. melodramatic very melodramatic yeah. yeah so good it's very good um yeah he cracked me up the whole mm-hmm. movie yeah they they race their bikes through town it's a good opening sequence you mm-hmm. know it it ends with gino has the lead pulls off to the side where you know in like a blind alley where you can't see him and then he jumps out and scares frankie and frankie falls in wet cement yeah <laughs> this, this part kills me this is the part that i'm just like what the hell <laughs> because it's they're so, so nonchalant it's too nonchalant you're at that, that so i was like that is so shitty yeah no <laughs> like, it's it's very shitty and also like like it's all over him and his yeah. bike but and then he like is able to ride his bike to school with yeah. cement in the tires yeah right no. like maybe if you ride it fast enough you can fling most of that cement right. off but it's gonna like dry in your clothes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he has like the one perfect smudge yes. of cement on his face and then the rest is like it might as well have been, like, an old coffee stain. It's, like, very light and, like, dried, and it was close. Right, mm-hmm. it just looks, like, dusty or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And also, nobody going in or out of this store is like, I will help this child. Right, he's yeah. sinking in the cement. This child who's fallen on his bicycle into cement wholly. They're just, like, coming out, and they're like, keep walking. And Gino's like, don't tell Dad. And he's just like, all right. I'm like, is he not going to notice? Your, right, right. Your bike in your 
person is covered in cement. Right. I mean, I don't know. He's a working dad. He might not. True. You know? It's, that's a good point. Who knows yeah. when well, he gets home from Mama the blacksmithery? Yeah, in this, that's right. In but in this world where apparently like that all just dries up, it's it's like the action movie thing of like you know giant explosion and they have like yes they're like lightly smudged yeah. uh-huh. and their shirt is it's like, like singed smudge right yeah, yeah. it's like that uh, there's no real consequences of that but like in real life your dad's gonna notice that yeah all that you that your bike's frozen solid right yeah. your bike is now a very large paperweight yeah. and you have to walk home like the Tin Man. Yeah, because your exactly. clothes your clothes dried while you were sitting at school, and you can't get out of your chair now. Yes, <laughs> uh, dude, it's so funny and weird. But good. I was like, "What is happening? What is this movie?" Yeah, yeah. it's just like a cute little thing yes. that's happening. Yeah, it just yep. like sets the tone. And then um, Frankie goes to school, and, and Gino's like, "I'm gonna go in. I gotta get eggs and soap because yeah. it's, cause it's Halloween." Halloween. Uh-huh. And he's like, "I got a uh, not an image, but I re- got a reputation to uphold." I was like, oh, okay, we got you. Gino's like a huge pain in the ass for the whole town. Yep. Yep. He's fun. not just a pain in the ass at home. He's a pain in the ass for everybody. Right. So at school, they're they're doing, I guess they're doing kind of like a little in-class assembly where... Everybody wrote Halloween stories and yeah. gets to read them. And it's The intro to the classroom is like off the rails. Mm-hmm. It's just like the one kid just like starts screaming into the camera. Yes. And all, they all they all brought pumpkins. Yeah. His pumpkin is also covered in cement. Yes. Yes, that's right. They all brought these jack-o'-lanterns and sat them on their desk, which is also very cute. What is his story called? I don't remember. The what beast story. that destroyed London. Right. right. Yes. And he reads the story, and it's it's exactly that. There was a beast. It smashed a bunch of buildings. People died, and he said, "And if I described it to you, you would throw up." <laughs> so good and it sets up that like you already know he grew up to be a writer right. so yeah. it's like a little yeah, insight into like the fledgling writer yeah the yeah. seed of that kid knows how to tease a sequel because he's like yes but it's over unless it had a baby <laughs> but it wouldn't have had a baby would it and the teacher's just kind of like staring <laughs> and the kids are except again for the troublemakers donald and louie uh-huh. the kids are pretty enwrapped yeah. and also I should mention Roland Emmerich fucking totally stole that for Godzilla 1998 because that's the exact twist ending of Godzilla 1998. Where they're like, and Spoilers Godzilla for Godzilla 1998. Sure, and Godzilla was no more. And then they cut to I think it's like Madison Square Garden where like one egg begins to hatch. Is that the Matthew Broderick yes. Godzilla? Okay. Matthew Broderick, Sean Renault, yep, and um, Hank Azaria among others. Always My first Godzilla. And my worst Godzilla. <laughs> yep. Nowhere to go but up. That's what I'll say about it. Yeah, that. sure. And it had that uh, Puff Daddy cashmere. Yes. On the soundtrack. Oh, my God. Where a lot of people were like, this is my favorite Puff Daddy song. I was like, is, is it because of the Puff Daddy part or is it because of Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Because <laughs> that is like a pretty famous Led Zeppelin song. Yes. It's also like you can almost barely considered a sample it is just the song, the song. Yeah. yeah with like three lines from puff daddy yes so <laughs> wasn't there a wallflower song on that soundtrack too probably oh they covered bowie they covered we could be heroes yes oh. i forgot that was for that soundtrack huh. yeah man what a time to be alive right there were no rules <laughs> everything was, was fair game we're sampling stuff we're covering stuff we're stealing the twist ending a kid wrote in 1962 <laughs> Mine goes dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. You know no. what? Relevant because he's born on Halloween. Is he really? Yeah. During the second like the second act of his career as like a home renovation uh-huh. guy. Yeah. I saw. Oh wait, really? Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Wait, we HGTV talked about show. this. Hang yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Vanilla Ice, nay Rob Van Winkle. Van Winkle. Right. Yeah. Um. 
Oh, weird. Uh, yeah, had a second second oh. act of his career as a home renovation guy, and dur- I was watching like an episode of it because it was on, and he had like a fucking jack o' lantern tattoo, and I think it had like October thirty first and like a year under it, and I was like, let me Google it, and I was like, oh yeah, he's born on Halloween. All right. Well, all right. Maybe he was born on this Halloween. Right. In this town. Right now. It's a very elaborate world. Rob Van Winkle could have been being born any, any turn. He really just fits into any era, right? He does. He's timeless. Timeless, timeless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no. boy. The timeless Rob Van Winkle. Oh, what God. a guy. He's actually Louie. <laughs> he played Louie. He played Louie. God. Yeah, so Louie and Donald are kind of like, you know, it's like, uh... If I tell you how, how gross it was, you'd probably barf. And they're like, bleh, bleh, you know, and laughing. And the teacher's like, you know, Donald, knock it off. Yeah, the whole time the teacher's like trying to get them to stop, and she has no control over the situation. No, these two yeah, kids well. are a handful. Um, you should definitely not sit them together. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, separate them. Yeah. That's rule number one. And so then class ends, and uh, the kids, you know, are, are filing into the cloakroom to get their, cl- their stuff and uh, head out. And Donald, I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute all this stuff to Donald because I think he's the worst one. But again, it might be Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold me to this. Yeah. But Donald uh, takes Frankie's hat, throws it up on like the high shelf, and you know he's like, "We'll see how brave he is or whatever." Mm. So, and then a girl with braces is like, "That was a great story." Just as an angel. Yeah. Yeah, she's just an angel. She's like, "That was a great story, Frankie," and he's very uncomfortable with the whole situation. And then she's, <laughs> she's like, "She's such a weirdo." Right. Ooh. And she's like, "I wish but I could be that weird." He has a crush on her though, doesn't he? he yeah. Does. Yeah. He does. Yes, but, like, that's what I mean. He's very, like, oh, no, I don't know how to respond to this. Ah, um, yeah. And she's like, I wish I could be that weird. And then she, like, proving that she definitely is that weird, she weirdly dances out of oh, the room. She's, like, like, she's, she's, she's yeah. an angel, yeah, so she's, she's like, fluttering yes, away. I know, yeah. but it's like, honey, oh, you are weird. I just <laughs> don't worry. love this kind of time frame where, like, kids kid actors were like weird looking because they were children yeah yeah. and like not like not like pageant contestants yeah yeah like she's a fucking weirdo and she looks bizarre because she's a kid yeah right and she's got a mouthful of braces which like nobody looks cool with a mouthful of braces they make you do weird things with your face yeah and she's got like a face full of freckles which they would have covered with makeup if she this was like now oh yeah and like Donald and Louie look like weird, awkward, like prepubescent boys. Like, yeah. just everyone looks like a kid. Yeah, yeah Donald and Louie both look like like mean spirited little lumps of dough. Like, yeah. they're just like unformed but mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I just, I'm like old now. So, I'm just like, oh, remember? Remember when kids could be kids? Mm-hmm. Right. Remember we could just cast a kid because, like, yeah. you needed a kid? Yeah. And they look like a kid. Right. Yeah. And they didn't have to be a great actor. Yeah. But they they also didn't have to look like you know oh look it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a I'm trying to think of Maxim it's a Maxim centerfold it's like no it's a nine year old yeah like, like stop stop, it. stop mm-hmm. it, just let him let them be a kid yeah let them deliver their three lines and that's it who cares right outside of school I guess what they're just like across the street kind of or in the yeah, park yeah kind of looks like it mm-hmm. across which is like the nearby the nearby the school and that's when uh, you know they wave Frankie over they're talking to him for a second and then they they put on the like boy it's cold that's when uh, Donald says like cold as a witch's tit out here and uh you know frankie's like oh no like i i left, left the hat. ski cap that my dad just got me and he's like i lost it and they're like oh it's probably just in the cloakroom you should go look for it he's like oh i can't the school's you know it's closed the school's you know, done for the day he's like well it's not like it's locked which again 1962 yeah they basically like dare him force him to go in they press gang him essentially yeah. mm-hmm. and they say like oh like the whoever the janitor's name yeah. is and like that's when like the n-word gets dropped a bunch yes yeah. so and the janitor is willie williams played by henry harris 
And that's also when they set up, like, everyone in this town's probably, like, racist. Right, Like, because yes. that's what they look at this black janitor and say these, like, yes. epitaphs, awful, right. like, phrases. Yeah, Frankie, so, Frankie says, the word is Negro. Yes. And, mm-hmm. like, tries to correct them, but they're, like... They're like borderline bullies. They're future bullies of America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they don't give a shit. And that that whole interaction with them also, like, it definitely, like, I hate it because it's very reminiscent of, like, you know, the these kids are not nice to him, even in the classroom. Yeah. And he's just, like, still, like, going over when they call him and, like, acting as if they're friends. And it's kind of painful in that way where it's, like, you can tell, like, he, he'd be great. Like, if they would just let him be their friend and they don't want that, but he's going to take whatever, like they're giving him and that's oh, like yeah. such a sad thing i hate that yeah. oh yeah he also is like the younger brother and stuff totally. so like he's always getting like that sort of dynamic with people and also you know like as a kid you don't realize you can just not be friends with somebody it's yeah not, it's not a yeah. binary decision it's not you're either friends or enemies you can just be like oh no no, we just go to school together yeah. if you wave right. me over from the park across the street i can just go home right exactly mm-hmm. so we like kind of is convinced to go back into the school to look for his hat. Yeah. So what is the direct chain of events? They, they, they don't lock him in, right? They do yep. lock they him do in. They do lock when him you, in. Okay. When you see, the, so the cloakroom has two doors, yes. which is really interesting. Yeah, it's and like the egress and entrance yeah. to the classroom, right? You have to go through it to yeah. get in? Yeah. Okay. So they kind of tiptoe into the classroom, all three of them, and because you, you can see the janitor, like, buffing the floor. Yeah. yeah. And, like, they're trying to, like, get in without him noticing them, which they do. And then Frankie, as he's, like, slowly going into the cloakroom, because you can kind of tell, too, he's kind of, like, it's kind of like given that, like, weirded out by, like, the emptiness and the darkness. So he's mm-hmm. not moving pretty quickly. He's kind of, like, being very, like, trepidatious. And then you see the boys fish the keys very quietly out of, like, the desk. That's yeah. right. And yeah. then when he gets in, they, like, quickly shut both doors and lock them really fast. Mm-hmm. And then, like, leave. Uh, so yeah, he gets locked in there. He's terrified. It's in the dark. Does he just he just hops up onto the high shelf like to get yeah, his hat and stuff, and then like, just like perches up there? He climbs up because there's like a like a little half window. Yeah. And he, as he's climbing up to kind of like look out the window, he sees his hat on the top shelf, and that's when he like takes his hat and he like presses up against the the window and is like banging on it. And then the sh- next shot is like from the outside looking in and you can see him banging on it but you can't hear anything so it kind of like tells the audience nobody can hear him and is Mm -hmm. the graveyard out there through that window right yeah you can see the graveyard out the window okay what a cool what a cool place to put school right (laughs) and you hear the narrator comes back again and he says it like it wasn't too long before i drifted off to sleep yeah so yep yeah uh and so he sees a ghost girl Mm -hmm. yeah so, okay. And I like this. This is actually, like, this is very cool. It's, it's different than I remembered. I remembered more of her, like, interacting directly with him. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of the, like, uh, ghost is just playing out the last minutes of her life thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a ghost, but it's like a memory of a thing. Yeah. Like, she's talking to somebody you can't see. Right. Yeah, so she's, she's singing. Just, yes, yeah. Yes. She's um, like, I, and she mentions that it's the person she's talking to's favorite song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then She's like, of course I know it. It's your favorite song. Oh, I know it's your favorite song because you're always whistling it. Yeah, her singing it is such a creepy thing. Like yeah. that, like little girl voice singing that weird song. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, did you ever see a dream walking? Yeah, yeah. Which was was written for another movie. It's hmm. from. It's. I think it's an original from some other from the movie from like the 30s or 40s or something. But I forgot. I meant to write it down. And I forgot to. 
Let's try to look up. really quick, yeah. Okay. You know, my, I think my grandmother might have played it on piano. It's like an old standard sound. Yeah. It's like, have you ever seen a dream walking? Yeah. Because they play their, like, I think. Over the credits, over the yeah. Credits. And it's, like, very, like, swingy, old school. Yeah. Uh, the 1933 film Sitting Pretty. Mm. Sitting Pretty. Yeah. Sitting that's, Pretty. It didn't sit in my head, uh, so I don't think I've ever seen it. But it's definitely a song that I've heard. And, yeah, she's singing it. And the unseen presence gives her something, right? Yeah. Don't remember what. And then, and this is the thing I like. Frankie, like, like kind of gasps or whatever when she gets close to him in the in the cloakroom. And she, like, sees him. And then she gets spooked. But you know that this is a, like, memory of a thing that already happened. So, from her perspective, she then saw a ghost of a weird little kid covered in cement wearing a Dracula mask. Right. Which is... I think inarguably scarier. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> like it's basically a gargoyle. Right. Um, yeah, perched up on this high shelf in the cloakroom, and she gets spooked and is like, "I, I want to go home." And then she tries to leave, and this unseen presence stops her, and then starts choking her, and um, something falls out of her hair into the like heating grate. Yeah, you so, don't really see what it is. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of like shines. A clattering. Yeah, yeah. It, like shines briefly, and then you hear it like clatter in the grate. The teacher, when they were doing their little you know, story read presentation thing, she, like at the end of the class, she's like, Everybody remember to dress warmly on Monday because they're replacing the heater. Yeah, the and furnace. Furnace. Yeah. And we don't know how long, you know, it'll be cold. So, yeah. This is all important. <laughs> yeah. uh, Cigarettes are not important. Furnace, very important. Very right. important. Different heating element. Yes. Yeah. Right. Cigarettes, also, funny. Also, totally alligators. Totally right. alligators. Right. It was. Yeah, you're right. Like, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, it actually was. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's in the it's in that store that he falls in the wet cement. Yeah. It's like in the window, there's like a tank and it's like, we just got, it's like a sign. It's like, brand new, just got in. Like, baby alligators. <laughs> and there's like 10 alligators just in a small town window. Right. So, some small town. It's not in Florida. Right. Some small town in the, like, northeast somewhere because right. it's got, like, fall leaves. Yeah. Just had t- an alligator problem in the 60s. Like, like definitely. Can alligators, like, thrive in this climate? I don't know. Well, especially, like, that time of year does not seem very hospitable for them. No, right. it doesn't That's seem like I they would like too. it. Yeah. But according to, like, you know, Stephen King, there are, like, swamps. Oh, yeah, that's true. There are, like, swampy bits up, that's true. Uh, you know, farther northeast, so. Yeah. Maybe, but it's got to get very cold. Very yes. cold. Yeah. And they're cold-blooded, right? Yeah. So yeah. they would have to, like, the sun reptiles. themselves. Yeah. So in theory, you just see them all the time. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, like lay- laying on a bank. Right, or laying on, like, the hot asphalt that's been soaking up sunlight all day and just, like, recharging. It's so funny. Just <laughs> detour around a bunch of alligators in this small town. So in the cloakroom. What, uh, how does he, how does he get out of here? The last part of, like, the, the memory of her getting killed is, like, when she kind of goes limp. Yeah, and gets You see her, like, being picked up. And that, I think that looks so cool. It does. Especially the tech for the time. I know, like, later on there's some, like, things that, by today's standards, like, look a little weird, um, tech-wise. But I thought that, like, her as the, the spirit, the ghost, like, being picked up by some invisible thing and it's not like you can't see like wires or anything like mm. that it's like not like you're watching like the Muppet show back in the day yeah, yeah. it looks really cool it and does. kind it of really eerie good. well so they what they could have possibly done because it's just her is they might have done the kind of stuff that they did with like the invisible man like, oh, like the like, like the old universal thing where yeah where if they yeah. had her on a black stage with a black 
like like bodysuit right. person picking her up she right. would look right yeah it would yeah. look more like yeah. realistic like she was actually floating yeah. in that, and that yeah, position she, like she's really like just limp and draped yeah like yeah. her head's like all the way back yep. her legs are like really dangling yeah, yeah. like it just looks great yeah, this it was definitely really like something where they're combining i think two negatives to get this effect totally totally sure. that makes sense and shooting it because it's almost all shot from what is vaguely Frankie's point of yes. view. Yeah. So it's yeah. a fixed camera angle yes. because he's sitting up in the corner. Right. So that also makes that easy to match. There's no totally. moving, you know. Right. Now right. some hotshot director would be like, would do that, but also like the camera would be moving in both takes and yeah, like, yeah, look yeah, how yeah. I matched sure. it. And, but this is just like, no, no, we're going to nail this. Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, looks it so good. It, it does. does. It looks really good. Like I, I thought that effect looked great as soon as she like shows up. And like she's, yeah, she's definitely interacting with somebody. It's not, uh, it's not that she's acting against nothing like even when she like first shows up and it's like oh like you can sort of see like you know that she's interacting physically he hears something fall right he hears that and then he can hear that like there's the doorknob is like kind of moving and he's totally in the corner like next to the window so he's not in the light coming the little bit of light coming through yeah he's kind of back it's the cover of the of the movie yeah 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 and so then we see, like, a guy, well, we assume it's a man, because it's, like, kind of like that hulky yeah. figure, like, tall and, like, broad, mm-hmm. comes in with, like, like a ski mask or, like, something, like, covering his face. Mm-hmm. And he goes right to the grate and is, like, trying to get the grate that we saw something go into up. And he's got a flashlight. He's got a flashlight. Because uh, it's so dark in there. The rat is what happens first. That's right, yeah. the rat up on the... Yeah, so you hear, like, a squeaking. And the... <laughs> The figure like shines the light real quick near Frankie. But yeah, it goes like across Frankie. Frankie's mm-hmm. like knees, yeah. and then you're like, oh. yeah, yeah, and it's a it's a rat, and so the guy's like, oh, okay, like like he just like kind of disregards it and keeps working. Yeah, and then the rat starts moving towards Frankie, who is clearly afraid of the rat. <laughs> yeah, and, and this dude, this guy, and Frankie yeah. has pulled his mask down over his face. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Oh, he doesn't do it Not yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. It's close though. It's close okay. to that. And the rat is like kind of climbing on Frankie. And he's like, you can kind of hear the like, <gasps> the like, mm-hmm. he's like nervous. And then it gets too close to him, at, like on his body, and he can't do it anymore. So he kind of like flinches. And then that's what draws the attention of the guy. And when the guy like flips around with the flashlight, that's when Frankie pulls his mask down really quick. Oh, that's right. And it's really like kind of like that kid thing where like you're playing hide and seek, but you just cover your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. well, if, if I can't see, you can't see me. It's right. like very like little kid like that. And I thought that was like a cute touch because i feel it felt realistic yeah sure yeah yeah for a second i thought oh he's just gonna see something mm-hmm. and you know and then there was also a ghost and he's gonna start to piece this all together and whatever but you know this guy's not gonna like catch him because he does like shine a light on him for a second and it's sure. like and i was like oh he's gonna think he's like a decoration maybe or something right. but no he realizes he's an actual kid mm-hmm. and yeah he goes up and, and grabs him and starts choking him yeah. He has, like, an out-of-body experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's his mother's funeral, right? right? It starts with oh, that. Oh, yeah. Well, that was him being asleep. He dreamed about his oh, mom's funeral. right. Oh. That was when he was asleep. Before, yes. Before oh, he okay. woke up, before the guy yeah. came in. Good yeah, point. and then he wakes up after That's after right. already dreaming about, like, death and sees a ghost and then sees a killer. Right. Right. The out-of-body experience is he meets 
the ghost girl. I think it's her at the grave. When they're both at the graves is like towards the end of his out-of-body experience. Oh, okay. What happens yeah. at the beginning of it? So in the beginning of his out-of-body experience, he's kind of lifting out from the school to kind of a bird's-eye view of the town, and he knows that his dad's calling around to look mm-hmm. for him. That's right. He and sees, he, yes. Yeah, and and he, the narrator is and he, like, yeah. yeah. Helping. He knows that uh, Louie and uh, Donald are like, you know, enjoying the little joke that they played and right. all this stuff. This like zoomed out thing of all, all, all everything that everybody else in the town's doing. Yeah. Right. And then it kind of becomes more, I don't know, extra dimensional, I guess. Yeah. Where, yeah. yeah, where he's actually like talking to this girl and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, my mom's dead and stuff. And she's like, oh, I don't know where my mom is. Can you help right. me find her? And, yes. you know. Yeah. Uh, her name is Melissa. Melissa. Yes. The out-of-body experience at the graveyard, at the graves, is, like, like great looking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It look, like, the sky looks like a Maxfield Parish painting, and it's got leaves blowing through and, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. snow. Is it snow? Or something else was blowing through I don't know. the frame, I thought. But it was awesome looking. I was like, oh, this is, like, really interesting. Instead of just doing a very basic ghost story thing and, like, oh, seeing a spirit. Or it also just being like, oh, I saw, you know, the replay of this person's, like, last moments. The fact that she interacts with him, and that's kind of what, like, leads to her, you know, getting killed, is she wants to get out of that. I mean, it probably would have happened anyway, but that's, like, the inciting incident. Like, Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, no, I want to go home, and this person then kills her. And then having this, like, yeah, weird out-of-body experience with they're just talking on the astral plane or whatever yeah. in the great like it's very cool and it's all in like 10 minutes yeah <laughs> and i was like i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. this is uh, much weirder than i remembered mm-hmm. i also really liked when he's seeing his mother's funeral that she's in like a proper like horror movie dracula coffin had you guys noticed that yes. like oh, the shape yeah. of it is yeah. like yeah like a halloween coffin yeah. and yeah. i love that because like the likelihood is, like, she was not in that kind of coffin mm-hmm. with right. the big red velvet, like, yeah. flat coffin. Mm-hmm. But his, like, little kid Halloween sleep brain right. was like, this is scary, so here's the kind of coffin it is. And right, I think the scarier kind. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, The old West coffin. The difference between a coffin and a casket is that a casket is just, like, long and rectangular. Mm-hmm. A coffin actually has that, like, sort of diamond shape. Right, right. Person shape. Yeah. She's definitely in, yeah, like a more intimidating looking one. Right. Yeah. So like he like wakes up to yeah. his father giving him CPR. Yeah. In in the cloakroom still. Yes. And you don't really know at first like how he kind of got there to him. You're just like know that he's revived him. Yeah. From like near death. Yeah. Is the next thing him at home in bed? Yeah, with the with the neck brace. Yes. Yep. Gino brings in a newspaper. There's a lot of like incidental dialogue where we find out like the reason Dad found out is because I think it's Louie fessed up. Mm-hmm. Finally, finally calling yeah. around and finally fessed up. Yeah. Then Gino comes in with a. Well, they also paper. arrest Willie because they, yes. yeah. they well, found they yeah. found him like drunk and asleep in the school mm-hmm. and assumed that he was the one that attacked. Um, well, they found him in Frankie. the school and yeah. he didn't have an alibi. Sure, right? Because yes. he just said I fell asleep like in yeah. the boiler room or whatever. Because his alibi is I work at the school and right. I'm right. asleep. Yeah, and right. I I might have a drinking problem, but that's not a crime. Yeah, right. And then yeah, even later on when they're asking Frankie like, well, you know, what did you see? Did you recognize him or anything like that? And he's like, not like I couldn't see anything. It was very dark, and he was I couldn't see his face. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was guessing. Yeah. Like, uh, Gino brings in the newspaper, and that I think is when they say that they arrested Willie for it. Mm. And they're like, yeah, uh, they're linking him to 
I guess, you know, there's just been a rash of child murders that And were, they say molestations, too. And child molestations. murders and molestations. Yes. yes. Which, like, that's so, that's so casual. And they yeah. do mention it a couple of times, but then, like, they don't really yeah, give not, it any extra, right. you know, emphasis, which I, again, I find that very crazy. But I, And know. I was wondering, like, because obviously, like, there's a lot of implications with like accusations of like black men right when it comes to like like they, they were considered like by like a bunch of racists to be like sex crazed and like yeah right that was, unable yeah. to control their like sexual urges so i I, ha- I wonder if that was almost an afterthought because they're setting up the racial element to this like Maybe, the racist yeah. element to this to kind of like drive that home yeah but yeah. i don't know and i mean maybe they intended to do more with it but to keep a PG-13, they couldn't, perhaps. Like, they just, you know, they're like, oh, we, we can mention it, but we can't uh, elaborate on it. Right. It also makes it a movie that you can show, like, a fifth grade a class. A fifth grade class. Right, like, <laughs> Without like, permission. Right, where it's like, it's not going to be like, oh, this is more fucked up than I remember. Like, right. It's in there, but it's not, like, dwelt on or graphically in there. So. Right. I mean, and, yeah, we find out there were 11 other kids uh, in the past. I forget how long. Ten like, years. Is it said. ten years? Yeah. Okay. And then a bunch of them were in the city, but the, the very first one was Melissa Montgomery, the girl that he saw in the cloakroom. Yes. Yeah. Um, He's, Gino's trying to, like, get them to, like, look at the paper and, like... Yeah. It's kind of like... He's acting like it's a great thing that he's in the paper, and yeah. the grandmother's, like, furious. And he keeps calling him Toad. Oh, yes. And, you know... Frankie's been choked, so he's got like a. He's like, he even sounds like a toad. Listen to him. You know, Mama's like, like Gino, get out. Like she's like, just get out. And then his two uncles show up. Yep. I didn't write down the other uncle, but the one is Phil. Phil. Yeah. Phil's the important one. Yes. And the other uncle's kind of a shithead. Yeah. And Phil's a secret shithead, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah, they show up, and Phil calls him Broken Arrow. I think it's is it Gino is like what what you know? yeah. And yeah. he's like he's like oh well every time we go you know shooting he's got that janky warped bow and he's like everything you know hits off the side and all the arrows break so then he pulls out from behind his back he's like no more broken arrows i got you you know new bow and we'll go shooting as soon as you're as soon as you're better here's a present for almost getting murdered yeah which Um, i mean also that you know happens sure yeah sure it's a good day to give a present (laughs) sure it's not the birth not the worst day to give a present yeah no um yeah the other uncle's like oh i can't believe you know they, they arrested willie like I was just over at the school because I'm doing the furnace, right? Oh, he's the one replacing the furnace. Okay. Or he's working on it. Yeah, I think I He's involved in it for something. Which I assumed was them explaining how Phil knew that was happening. Oh, Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're buddies. Like, they probably talked about it. He probably was like, oh, I got to go replace the furnace at the school or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And Uh, I think that's the first time you hear Frankie's father, like, why did they arrest Willie like this? Like, kind of question that. Yeah. Like, I think that's the first time you get a hint of like, oh, dad's not on board with that. Like, right. He's not just going along with that. No, right. he's very like, okay. but And he also gets a phone call from the sh- sheriff who's like a friend yeah. of his who, yeah, is like, oh, they arrested Willie. And like, he's definitely the guy. And, and dad's like, how do you know? And he's like, I mean, he was in the school. He's like, yeah, he works at the school. Mm-hmm. He's and like, yeah. oh, his fingerprints were in the cloakroom. He's, he's like, like, yeah, they're like, yeah, the rest of the whole school. Yes. He worked there. Um, and I think the sheriff straight up goes like, well, he's black. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yep. Just like, well, obviously. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. cool. Right. <laughs> Super cool. I don't remember if it's in this discussion or if it's in some of the other ones, but there is definitely, like, the 
implication of like it, at the end of the day it doesn't even entirely matter if he yes. did it right <laughs> just because like he's the, the a very does, fine person to say did yeah. it yeah the, the sheriff does at one point yeah. say like he'll make a perfect scapegoat right yeah. when we were watching this i was watching it with nicole my wife um, who's been my on the wife. show before? My <laughs> wife has been on the show before, Sorry. and she was like, "Yeah, but even if you are a giant racist, you're gonna pin it on him, and then more kids are gonna die." Yes. And I was like, "Yes, that is a fine point. That's that why this that's is always not a, a one concern. and done. It's a copycat. Yeah. This is not a one yeah, and done." Right. Oh, and then Dad and Uncle Phil hang out on the front porch and reminisce about how much they love each other because yeah. they grew up together like family, like brothers, mm-hmm. because uh, Uncle Phil's. Parents both died within a year of a each year other. A year of each other, yeah. Um, and Phil says, like, oh, well, if it wasn't for, you know, your dad, I wouldn't have been, I don't know what I would have done. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I would have made it through then and all this. And yeah. he's like, ah, oh, you know, and they, like, hug. And I'm like, I'm like oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, like, there's not a lot of reasons to include yeah. this scene. And Frankie, Frankie's dad says something about, like, how when his wife died, he thought, like, he, he wasn't going to be afraid of anything, but turns out, like, being afraid of, like, something happening to his kids is, like, yeah. all he's all he's ever afraid of now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that came close to happening. Yeah. We might want to pause for a second. We're recording on the road. Yeah. I can't control the road. <laughs> right. Especially this road. Yeah. yeah. This, this is a, it's a wild road. Yeah. It's funny, too. When we were, again, we were watching it, Nicole was just like, when we were finished, not to spoil the ending, but... She well, was we're going like, yeah. to eventually, yeah. Yeah. She's like, yeah, at first I was like, well, why are they, like, the scene with, like, the two friends, like, it just doesn't make any sense, and then, like, them on the porch, and I was like, here's the thing, even if this doesn't come around, this makes 100% sense because, like, they're Italian. So, of course, the, yes. the friends are, like, family, and they mm-hmm. show up when something terrible happens with, like, a present. Like, that is completely how that goes. Like, it's yeah. an Italian family, yeah. and that, and, like, Obviously, the director has that very Italian last name. So I was like, no, this tracks. Like, this all makes sense if you're, like, in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not far-fetched at all. Oh, yeah. To, like, throw them in this situation, it doesn't feel like you're just trying to validate the end. Like, that's how that would go. Yeah, no. All the family and by, you know, by extension, like, all the extended families. So yep. All the people you're not related to who are family. Yes. All drop by. They all your quote-unquote aunts and uncles. Right. And they all check in to see how you're doing. Yes. All the Yeah. All the neighbors. And, yeah. But yeah, we're also kind of seeding some of the things that are going to happen later. Like that's why Uncle Phil doesn't have the same like similar initials to their yep. dad. Even like him being in the um, in the concrete that's you know you see in the alligators and stuff like that, which then leads us to like yep. looking for the alligators in the house and the stuff that happens yep. there. So like all throughout the movie, instead of you know having these big info dumps, it's like little visual or contextual things that make more sense later when you find out more about what's going on. That's yeah. my favorite kind of stuff. Too. It is. Yes. Like, it's it's environmental writing. storytelling. Right. And it's, I... it's, it's these details that are put in that are memorable enough that you remember them, but they're put in with such casualness that yes. you're like, oh, it's just flavor. It's just giving yeah. like the world like texture and color and everything. And you don't think it's going to be important. And then yeah. it's more important later. And I know I've, I've spoken at length to both of you as just like casual conversation and also as a guest on this show. But like, I feel like I hate this like weird dumbing down of story that's like Mm -hmm. really prevalent, I feel like in a lot of things now. And I think it's because people have a short attention span and they're trying to like 
hit you over the head because if you're not really paying attention then they can still get you all of the things you need to know and i'm like it just feels like why did you like don't spoon feed me everything let me think and also then it makes it more fun to watch things again yes you're like wait i think i missed like all these rich details Mm -hmm. and then you want to watch a movie again to see all the things you missed that fed into like the end point it for me because i think about this a lot and it's like a chicken and the egg thing of is capitalism just dumb and bad which it is or are people just assholes which they are it's both i think but like I think a lot of the hand-holding and spoon-feeding with, like, modern movies and stuff, especially when it comes to, like, twist things and big story points and reveals, is they're afraid that if people don't get it, then they won't like it and will, like, bash it on social media. They'll be like, oh, I didn't get it, and it's terrible, and don't go see it, and then the movie will bomb. And it's like, I don't know, dude, like, because... Although also, to be fair... I believe this was also a flop sure. in theater. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not even like, no, you know, this was there's you know, no formula. a different that's, era yeah. or something. Because yeah. that's not even No, true. that's what we're yeah. trying to do right yeah. now in, yeah. not we, but it's what Hollywood yeah. is trying to do right now, which is figure out the formula. And the formula right now is cast a bunch of, you know, big name actors and throw way too much money at it. And then it has to make more money than the previous one. Right. Which is like, that's terrible. It's a terrible system because it's, by definition, impossible to maintain. Sure. Right. Like, but it's you eventually also... have to make a movie that literally everyone in the world sees at least once. And then the next summer, you're going to be like, well, now everybody's going to have to see it twice. Right. And it's like, that's crazy. Stop making movies like this. Yeah. Because then when it collapses, you're going to blame, like, whatever, Paul Rudd or sure. the director or, you know, whatever. Or the you'll blame the fucking audiences and be like, oh, well, they just don't understand fine art. Like, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, but that's what they're trying to do is figure out a uniform formula for how to release a movie that will make a bazillion dollars. And it's like, or you could just make good ones. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And we were talking about this on a recent episode, but like the gap between popular wide release movies and anything else is wider than it's been in like a l- mm. long time, um, which is kind of good, kind of bad. Right now it sucks, but in the next like 10 or 15 years, we'll probably see the rise of the kind of like independent film that like really blossomed in the nineties. Like there will be a company like Miramax, but hopefully not as fucking awful, not run by a fucking monster and his brother, uh, his very culpable brother. Yeah. Um, Oh, I definitely didn't know that my brother, who I spent all my time with, was right. a horrible sex yeah, monster. Yeah, even though half of Hollywood did. Right. right. Everybody but not didn't you, know. Nobody brother. told not you. Not you, right. Yeah. The guy I definitely spoke to more than anybody else. Right. But anyway, there'll be a company like that where they're like, hey, we're going to put like a reasonable amount of money into independent films and then release them at a reasonable enough scale that like the middle will be back in cinema. It won't just yeah. be independent films or big blockbuster bullshit. Right. Because that's also happening in like video games and stuff right now yeah. too. And yeah. It's either fucking indie games developed by like 40 people. Right. Or it's like, you know, what do they call them? Triple uh, A games. Triple A games. Yes. And I mean like, it's also, I think kind of happening with like stores and stuff where you have the yeah. little mom and pop stores. You have the big like superstore chains totally. of your Walmarts and your targets and your everything. And, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and Amazon existing on like, you know, the, the internet and stuff. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely tenable. Yeah. That's a word for it. Sure. Yeah. Def- this is definitely a system <laughs> sure. that can and will keep going so right. that everybody can keep making more the most money. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. Yes. Uh, everything is bad. Capital, yeah. cap- so, capitalism is dumb and stupid, and people are assholes. 
Both at the same time. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for the podcast within the podcast. The problem with everything. Problem with everything. <laughs> so we're in Frankie's room. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I I was mentioning that like you know this gave me the vibes of certain other movies, and this also kind of gave me a Christmas story vibes for I like see that. parts of it because it's very sixties. It's very like you know so boys with toys. Yeah. Like you know, I can totally see that. Yeah. But it's, instead of it being you know funny, it's Spooky. Sad and spooky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, so. but speaking of the hand-holding thing, this oh, is your issue yes. with uh, the woman in black. Oh, yes, yeah, so, yeah. We, Which yeah. is a movie that we've discussed a whole lot in the past couple of days after watching Lady in White, because uh, we keep fucking up, and I keep being like, woman in white. It's like, nope, no. lady in white, woman in black. That's... And, I mean, that's that's extra bad, because I bring up that on the South Park Broadway episode... That's the name that Stephen Sondheim gives Randy's play that was originally titled Spooge Drenched Blowjob Queen, I want to say. Sounds about right. And he's like, how about instead we call it The Woman in White? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, it's not this one's not The Woman in White. This is The Lady in White. But there is another horror movie, The Woman in Black, that that came out. the, The Woman in Black came out. In like what, like the the two thousand tens, twenty tens, or something like that, and um, it's Daniel Radcliffe. It's Daniel Radcliffe. It's like a very like Victorian horror kind of. Th- have you seen the Woman in Black? I have not. No. It's fine. I it's have a, fun a couple. Enough watch, but yes. it's like yeah. I have a couple of issues with it. I don't think the pacing's very good, especially in the latter like third of it. Also, it does a couple of things that I don't like, and one of them is specifically yeah, like hand holding a thing. They very like artfully show you that like you know his wife is having a baby something like that and here's your son and then you kind of like don't hear anything from the other room and the doctor comes out looking kind of bummed and so it's like oh she probably died in childbirth that's why she's not around right they tell you later you know sir your wife has died and i'm like dude yes we know like we get it yeah don't you don't need to like really you know be be hammering that in for for the people that weren't, weren't watching right. right it's show don't tell not yeah. show and then later tell in case right. you guys right. missed it and then yeah they do like a whole sequence where he's looking through newspaper clippings and stuff and it's it's very overt and i'm just like there's like a more elegant way to do this that yeah. y'all yeah. just didn't employ cuz that's what it is yeah. that that over explaining is yes. always clunky it yes. never is not clunky yeah. yeah no people can't figure out how to like plant a seed of something Without it just being the most obvious thing ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'll see something where somebody's, like, building a fence. Then they'll put the hammer down when they, you know, come in to get, like, lemonade. And the shot will linger on the hammer mm-hmm. for so fucking long. Yes. And I'm just like, it's enough that he's building a fence. Yeah. We just then cut to inside where he's getting lemonade. And then later on when he uses the hammer to save his family or whatever, we'll be like, oh, right, from when he built the fence. Right, because then it makes you think and you're like, oh, I remember this. Yeah. Right. Oh, my brain is working. Yep. I'm alive. I'm alive. <laughs> like, because, yeah, I, there's nothing I like better than being like, oh, shit, I think this is that thing. Yeah. yeah. Is, you know, yeah. that moment when all the tumblers, like, line up and it yeah. clicks into place. That, that's, like, so fun. Right. Exhilarating. It makes me enjoy a movie. Right. But then when you're like, you know, Dave, I could probably smash a guy's head with this hammer. No reason I mentioned this. Right. And then it makes me wonder, like, how other people who are fine with that kind of stuff, how do you enjoy a movie? I think it's people that don't want to be engaged with what they're watching. They just want you to give, like, they want everything given to them. They don't want to have to have the brain turned on for this. Which, like, 
I don't know, then watch something that you've seen a dozen times. Right, we know y'all right. do that. Like, there's I don't fucking that. do that. That's yes. Com- like, you watch your comfort movies yes. that are just, like, right. yeah. there for you. you know, yeah, I have movies like, I can quote, same. you know. That's literally what comedies are for, too. Right, like, totally. There's, you know, you're never going to have, like, ah, there's a big twist at the end of this, like, comedy. But, you know, sure, you go yeah. see just, like, a comedy, like, there's something about Mary has a twist in it. It literally doesn't matter. Right. Because that's not the point of the movie. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you just go, oh, right, right. He got, he's got jizz on him. Right. And now, right. Oh, now she's got the jizz. Like right. that's, it's that simple. Right. Like, and you just the like, woman in white. The, the woman, woman in, in white. white. And then you just sit there and you laugh at it. You're like, this is fine. That's what comedies are for. I mean, also, yeah. not to get back on the problem with everything, but <laughs> the mid-range comedy is like dead. There's no mid-range comedies anymore. Oh, my God. That's true. And it's not... I don't think it's Hollywood's fault. I think they do try every so often, and then but then when they do, they just make that movie again for a couple of years, like Bridesmaids. Bridesmaids hits, and then they make ten movies that are just like Bridesmaids, but not called Bridesmaids. All right, so we're in Frankie's yeah. room. Frankie has uh, <laughs> Frankie has another like, is it a dream? Is it a vision? Um, where he's visited by both Melissa and the woman and what the lady. The lady in white. I thought to myself now. The lady in white. You cannot use the word woman to describe her. No, because we've already established that that means she's covered in jizz. Huh? <laughs> she's a lady. Whoa, whoa, whoa! She's a lady. Got it. Uh, lady in white. I've been singing it in my head ever since I watched it, mm-hmm. and it's not—it's not right. It's not correct. It has nothing to do with this. But no. here we are. Yeah. Not trying to sell us pizza. No. I was like, what was it? It was a commercial for something. She's like, it's pizza. <laughs> and it was. Yeah. So I think this is the. Thing where Melissa, the ghost girl, says, like, you have to help me find her. Yeah. Right? And she holds up, like, a little um, angel well, ceramic baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's Christmas. So, yeah. you know, they have that kind of stuff around. Yeah. But, yeah, but she, she holds that up and something. it's like, you have to help me find her. Okay. All right. Like. I mean, bef- before that even oh, okay. happens, he's got a line where it's like, you know, and then it was Christmas time and stuff. And he's like, I grew up a little more than I was supposed to, I think. Responsibility was my constant companion, and I stopped being frightened of things I couldn't see. Was that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good exposition there. Yeah. If this, if I was reading this book, I would underline that. Yeah. Because yeah. I would want to see that again when I flip through Ugh. it. Classic Nicole. Classic me. <laughs> as yeah. two people who have borrowed can't, books from can't me, can't read without a pen. Can't read without a pen. Oh, yeah. Nicole, Nicole <laughs> shaved my the sides of my head, and mm-hmm. I always stick my pen in my hair. And she, when she was shaving, she goes, "There's so much pen on your head." I was, like, <laughs> I was like, listen, I didn't have a cap, okay? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that, and I mean, like, before she even appears, he hears, uh, did you ever see a dream, dream walking yes. on the radio or yeah. whatever? Was it a... I think it's coming through yeah. the radio. And this is, like, the shots of the um, his toys, like the the, were- yes. the werewolf and the Dracula. Yeah, yeah, you can see he's a little horror nerd. Yeah. 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 Oh, and at one point... In the when they're in his room after he wakes up from like right being strangled and saved by his father, his dad's kind of like giving Gino a hard time and makes a comment of like go do he tells him to go do something and says and like and like I know some one of you has been in my trunk oh yeah so like just yeah. kind of stay out of my stuff yes which that also comes yeah. back later yeah. yeah. Um, also, he's got a, a toy, like, windmill thing, mm. which they, I think, do a fade for the, the, the house by the cliffside. Right, right. Yes, that also has a windmill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's a very, like, 
we're not in Kansas anymore, Toto style, like big <laughs> the old The Wizard windmill. of Oz. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, Melissa, again, you have to help me find her. But I mentioned the angel thing because that comes back at the end. Yeah. And is this one like you go, we go back to school? Is that? Uh, we have the church scene first. The church scene, right. And the church scene is rough. Oh, it's mm-hmm. awful. Um, it's, it's, again, Stephen Kingy. It's very like, I don't, you know, like this part, like, okay. So the pastor is giving like a big sermon. And it's a full house. Yes, it's packed. And all of the black people are sitting in the, in the back, back of the church mm-hmm. because they're not allowed to sit in the front of the church with the white people. Right. And during the sermon, he's talking about, like, everything that's been happening and everything. And this woman stands up who we've never seen. And we're, you know. Oh, that's before Christmas time. Oh. Oh, okay. So Sorry. We, we skipped that. Yeah, my bad. I just I skipped right and over the, it. The pastor is saying how, like, they need to be thankful because God has spared Frankie. Right. And he's here in the congregation. So, like, they're very thankful that Frankie's alive. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and justice will be served and all this yeah. stuff. and. This woman stands up, and we're told sh- she's the mother of one of the victims. Richie. It's uh, Catherine Helmond playing Amanda Harper, the uh, mother of Richie Harper, who was yeah. one of the uh, victims. Who I guess was in Gino's grade, right? That's also something that Gino talks yeah, Gino, about. Yeah, Gino was like, he's... oh, I knew that kid. He was, yeah. like, he was like, do you remember him? And, and Frankie's like, no. And he's like, yeah, he was in my grade. But yes, she stands up, and she's like, well, you know. I don't believe that. Right. If God, yeah. yada, 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 how come my Richie's not still here? Yeah. My Richie's it, just as good as this kid. Right. Yeah. What's, <laughs> what makes you know him so special and whatever? And then she turns around and starts like openly berating Willie's uh, wife right. and his kids are back there. And so they like get up to leave. You know, the, the mother's just like, let's just go. Let's just go. And then she like faints. Yeah. And everybody just like stands there except for Alex Rocco, dad. He goes, you know. He, he like goes, runs over and helps mm-hmm. her up and helps her. Like, he, like, kind of has this arm around her, and he's, like, holding her and, like, helping her out. Yeah. And it's it's awful because, like, literally nobody else, including the pastor, makes a move to help this woman. No, no, no. Everyone's just, like, like kind of silently agreeing that these people are trash. And right. that, like, even if Willie is guilty, then therefore she is guilty, too. Right. Yeah, because, like, because what's Amanda, right? She, yeah, mm-hmm. She's just, like... You know, because her husband and blah, blah, blah. And it's fucking rough. It's and especially, awful. like, because we're all watching this movie going, like, well, we know it's not Willie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's no movie if it's Willie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's real. It's rough. upsetting. It's um, really upsetting. It's not even the most upsetting thing that happens. I there's know. Oh, yeah. God. So much worse. So much worse. Yeah, this is that, you know, small town horror. Yeah. Where, yeah. Then we are at school. The next scene is we are at school, and uh, Frankie's... We're having a limbo contest, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, right. They, 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 they make a point of being like... I think that... Does the narrator say that? Yes. Does the narrator say, like... And that's when uh, Louie and Donald introduced uh, Mrs. Whatever to... The to the limbo. And she's, like, into it and, like, yeah, got a whole rhythm going yes. to limbo. Mm-hmm. And they keep putting it, like, too low. And she's like, no, 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 higher up. And they keep being... She, and the shitty one it. keeps trying to look up her dress from the yes. back. Do you notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Those kids. Mm-hmm. They're fucking yeah. trouble. Yeah. They're going to grow up to be good people. Oh, mm-hmm. very good. I think I know who they voted for. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So Frankie investigates that great that he heard stuff yes. fall down. And he pulls out a bunch of stuff. A um, jack. Yes. And it's, it's done so well. Because, like, it's a jack. And then, like, we see him, like, fishing out other stuff. And we don't really see exactly what it is. And then he puts, like, two things down. And it's a ring and I think, like, a coin. And then he pulls out the hair clip, which yeah. has, like, 
you know, a little cluster of like little rhinestones on it or something or little crystals. It's little and flowers. It, it's sparkly, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. And you're like, okay, cool. It's also one of those good things where they show you a bunch of stuff and you think the barrette's what's most important, right. but it's yep. not even what's most important. Right. Yep. That's what I mean. It was so like well done because they show you all like all these little you know mm-hmm. assortment of objects. Oh, they do a really good job of yeah. it <laughs> not being a big thing. Like it's more of a big thing when he pulls the jack up because he looks at that for a second and he's like, oh, it's a jack. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And then he puts it down and then he puts these other things down and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's good. It's really well done. It is good. Um, that's why this movie was a flop, because nobody immediately walked in and was like, hey, Frankie, that ring sure is uh, odd, isn't it? Right. And, like, he was so nervous in the beginning to go get his hat. Like, he was so, like, kind of scared of the dark. And, like, it kind of feeds into that, like, the narrator saying, like, I had to grow up yeah. really fast. Because then he's just like, well, I'm going back into this cloakroom where I almost died. Right. Which yeah. is ha- the worst he's thing that's ever happened Straight up almost murdered, happened. yeah. And I'm going to figure this out. I'm being brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I gotta help this ghost. And that reminds me of very Stephen King too. It's like kids being brave just yeah. because being brave is the right thing to do, and right. I, I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, it gives kids more credit than most things do. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. Oh, there's a great shot of uh, the camera just rises up out of the cornfield. Oh yeah, uh, just like the house at night, and I was like, damn, that's a good shot. It's like really nice and spooky, yeah. and it's like Christmas time, so it looks cold. Like all yeah. the mm-hmm. the corn is all like you know desiccated and, and yellowed and everything. It looks great. The oh. lighting and sound in this movie are so fucking good. Yeah, yeah. like the sound great. effects are so cool and almost like old school like plucky and like yeah. atmospheric and yeah. so is the lighting all those like orange hues and stuff i'm like it's so good yeah the lighting mm-hmm. this is, is very very good like him in the cloakroom obviously is like lit really like moodily but there's so like just like big beams of light yeah. like coming mm-hmm. through that window and yeah it's great um <laughs> all right <laughs> frankie goes through his thinking tree <laughs> Oh, his thinking tree, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thinking, like having a thinking spot that's like a designated thinking spot is like so adorable and little kitty. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a tree. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. used to go behind a chair in my grandmother's uh, living room. Mm-hmm. She had the like, you know, couch sectional thing and then two chairs facing opposite it. Yeah. And I would go sit behind that chair. And there was like a heating grate in the floor and that was where the clothes tree was and the closet door, um, but you had to, like, move the clothes tree to get in the closet. It was very, very well laid out. Um, but I would just, like, sit back in that corner, and I was like, yeah, this is, like, no one knows I'm back here. It's like, everyone knows you're back here. Yeah. You're a human being hiding behind a chair. <laughs> it's it's the, like, you can't see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My eyes thing. It's a pretty big chair, but we can hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, and the, the mailman... <laughs> The mailman sees him, and, and he's like, "Oh yeah." He's like, "Hey, Frankie, is that you?" He's like, "Yeah," and he like puts all. He's looking at these items that he pulled up out of the out of the grate. Yeah, he folds he's them detecting. back. Yeah, he's yeah. thinking in his tree, mm-hmm. and he pull, folds him back into this hanky and shoves it in his pocket. And he's like, "Oh, those postcards you ordered, which was a thing from uh, early on." In he's the, selling postcards to green cards. Yes, uh, or, yeah, not postcards, but like Christmas cards yes. to be able to afford something we find out later it's a typewriter yes and the teacher when he um when he first gets to class is like uh, any word on when i'll get those uh, those greeting cards and he's like oh you know mr whatever the mailman he said it's gonna take a while because it's coming from wherever it was like nebraska nebraska yeah. yeah so yeah he's like oh those those you know cards came and he's like, a long way from it. he's like yeah they both say like wherever nebraska Omaha, nebraska or yeah something like that it's very cute uh and then frankie goes home and he like 
opens the box and it's a big box for for greeting cards and then you, you see he takes out like two or three bundles and underneath them is a typewriter and you're like ah yeah mm-hmm. it all makes sense this is when uh dad is talking to the sheriff and, and uh he says the janitor uh, willie is the perfect scapegoat comma he's black yeah that's a direct quote awful yeah yep. And this is, uh, they might have mentioned that uh, Dad, Alex Rocco, is an iron worker, but this is where we, like, see him at, at work. work, and uh, we see him sketching the cemetery gates. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool, like, cool detail, because it's a nice, like, when they do the establishing shot of the cemetery gates, it's, I was like, oh, looks, that's very cool. Yeah, it's very intricate iron work. It has Willow Point Falls Cemetery and, right. like, a bunch of, like, you know, like, wrought iron leaves and, and yeah. things. And, and I, I remember being like... I don't think that's a real place. So this is like a set piece. Like this right. is, you know, something they made. So then having him like designing it and I was like, oh, that's cool. It's a good, yeah. good detail. And it later is. on there's like when they come get them for dinner or whatever it is, uh, you actually see guys like pulling like a half forged version out mm-hmm. and they're like working it. And I was like, yeah. oh, cool, cool, cool. Like it's neat. Yeah. yeah. That's why I thought we were going to get that like button at the end, you know, walking away and like a far shot between the gates and he goes back into the cab and he tells the cab driver like, Oh, did I tell you my dad made that uh, right. thing like something? Maybe it was a choice between that and the limboing scene. Yeah. The limboing scene was crucial. It you was. Guys, it was uh, very you expensive. You gotta see it to believe it, too. It's so funny. The teachers, like, give give her an Oscar. She was amazing. She well, also has such a 60s look where yeah. she's got kind of like that pseudo beehive hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, like, the she really, She looks like my like, first grade teacher, Mrs. Eamon. Yeah. And the really cat-eyed glasses. Uh-huh. Yes. Frames. Well, now is a good good time to do this. The welcome back to the show segment. Mm-hmm. The teacher, Mrs. Ladella. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's played by Lucy Lee Flippin. What a good name. Her, yeah, yeah. Oh. She, you may remember, as the secretary in episode 70, Flashdance. Oh, oh she, really? She's the secretary uh, when, when she goes to try out and gets cold feet and everything. Oh, and, yeah. nice. Okay. And also, welcome back to the show, Catherine Helmond, who plays Amanda, who is also Mona on Who's the Boss. Mm-hmm. Episode 53, Beethoven's Fifth, she plays Crazy Cora. Oh, boy. I do not remember this movie. Well, I think, I think we talked about the Beethoven episode, where if we hadn't been taking notes as we were going and, never and, and ranking them. That like I would not have remembered how the how no, any of those go. It would never have happened. It was it was a perfect confluence. It was like in fucking two thousand and one when all the planets align, <laughs> where we had we had watched all of the Beethovens in close enough succession, and every night we discussed was this one better than the other one, was this one better than the last two, and we just kept that discussion going. We had yeah. our internal rankings, so then we could just do the episode kind of spur of the moment with very few notes. I believe the universal ranking was. The second one's the best, then yes. the first one, then the fifth one. And then beyond yeah, that was little, where it got a little fuzzy, depending yes. on personal preferences, because it was different levels of suck after that. I still can't believe that there was more than two. Yep. There's eight. <laughs> I also had a, one of those uh, movie adaptation books for the second one. Beethoven, the novelization. Oh. Uh, the novelization books I was, like, heavy into. Did, nice. Did you read the Beethoven one? Oh, yeah. Is it, like, from Beethoven's perspective? I don't remember. I was okay. the second Beethoven. Yeah. yeah. That's the one I had. Uh, I don't remember, but now I'm going to eBay that as soon as we're wrapped up here. Mm. I was just, so, yeah, I was just wondering just if so it was like, know, it was I like mean, Beethoven awoke. Your birthday's next, <laughs> so <laughs> right. get ready. That is the one where he falls in love with the girl dog yes. and they have puppies. And they go yes. to the beach, right? Yeah. yeah. And he also stops a date rape. 
Yes. He does. Yes, he does. By destroying a whole building. Because like, dogs are the best. Right. Beethoven mm-hmm. is like a staunch ally. <laughs> he like pulls an entire building into a lake. It's awesome. Amazing. I remember that. That's why scene. it's the best one. Yeah. For more on Beethoven, uh, check out, I Episode forget. 53. 53, which yep. was our two year anniversary. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two, two years I on the that. air. Yeah. Uh, we did a Beethoven blowout for. Our I remember the blowout. Yeah. I didn't remember yeah. it was your two year anniversary. Yeah, though. yeah, that was we recorded we recorded it, I believe, on our our two years on the air anniversary, yeah. and I ordered an ice cream cake that arrived in the middle of recording. Yeah. Oh, see, that's like serendipitous. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. The um, timing. I mean, not, yeah. you knew you ordered the ice cream cake. <laughs> right, right. I wasn't surprised. Wasn't, you were like, what? <laughs> like, who did this? And my like left hand was like, it was me. And I'm like, oh, oh we're doing this now. Idle hands only, but. Right. Nice things. I fucking but my, love my idle, idle hand. Hands. Me orders too, food. dude. Me too. <laughs> my idle hand just orders food on Grubhub. I'm like, stop doing that. I'm on a diet. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Better eat the ice cream cake. It's gonna go bad. Oh, I guess you're right. <laughs> guess you're right, Lefty. <laughs> so. So we're back in Frankie's room. The, no. no, the third, the third. Welcome back to the show is Tom Bauer, who plays the sheriff in this. He is in recent episode uh, 109, Beverly Hills Cop 2, as Russ, who's like the expert at the shooting range okay yeah so not a piece of shit no all right so he has, has range, range. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so how does frankie figure out that the ring is the killer's ring he doesn't he figure doesn't. it out gino figures gino it out does. i thought frankie started to piece it together and wanted to like look at the ring more he wanted to look frankie, at the ring more. frankie realizes that everything in the grate was kid stuff except for the ring Yes. 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 And that's when he, he yeah, that's when he's, he's like, oh, it must yes. be his ring. But it is after he has dropped it in the room and Gino right. finds it. Yeah, and yeah. Gino remembers that their father's ring matches this ring. Yes. Right. So it has Gino be... was the one that's been poking around in, in, in the their trunk. dad's trunk. Yeah. Yes. And so he's like, oh, yeah. these things connect somehow. So he goes back to the trunk. Yeah. It, when Frankie's kind of talking about it to Phil in the, in the Smithy shop, whatever. Is when he real. Smithy shop, I don't yes. know what to call it, no, um, yeah. but when Frankie's talking to Phil, is when he realizes the ring is the odd thing out, mm-hmm. and also that he doesn't have it anymore. Right. I think. No. no, I think he already figured this out because when he and Gino are like cutting through the woods. That's right. Okay, because there's. He yeah. starts to tell Gino like the ring. It's important. Like whatever. Right. And does Gino say to him like it's matches Dad's right? Like they have that conversation a little bit, but very. I think brief. that's. I think that's later. I think later. we see Gino. I think because then Frankie like he's like it's this ring and he goes in his pocket and he realizes he doesn't oh, no, have it. Oh no! I lost it. And he starts he's looking around on the out. ground. And Gino's like, Gino knows, well, I picked up a ring from his room. So he goes, oh, let's just go home. Like, we don't want to get in trouble. Right. And then that's at dinner, I think, when dad is like, again, like, stop going in the basement. Stop going, you know, going through my stuff. There's nothing in there for you guys. Like, he, it's more of a thing. And we see Gino go down and, and compare them. I think that's after that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember exactly when everything happened. Because the thing is, like, part of it's that he's confiding in Phil yeah. During certain parts where Phil's starting to piece together that Frankie is starting to piece stuff together. Right. right. And I can't remember. Spoilers, Phil is bad. Yeah. Bad. Phil's the guy. I yeah. can't remember the order of when, like, Gino goes to Frankie's room the, and the ghost of Melissa is there again and Gino sees her. I don't. Yeah. And so, like, and, like, Frankie's like, shh, don't scare her. Yes. Kind of thing. Like, kind of almost like, be cool. And, like, they watch that happened together 
Is that like soon? Yeah, so I think that happened. Is that when she reenacts her death yes. to the cliffs? Oh, yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, so that is, is right later. after so, Gino matches the ring. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so okay. So basically, I believe when he drops the ring is when he's opening up the box and getting his typewriter. Yes. Right. I think that's when he loses it. We have in the, his room. In his yeah. room. On yeah. the rug. Yes. Yes. We have the cigarettes in the tub scene that we kind of already talked about. That we yeah. love. <laughs> Great. And then. Um, the the boys, uh, Frankie and uh, Donald, D- Donald and, and Louis, yes, yeah. um, are exploring the house by Widow's Peak. Right, right, right. And that's right. where you have the alligator chase. Alligator chase. Right. Uh, because, Donald yeah. has one of the baby alligators, and he's just kind of doing like a look what I got, but then lets it go and it scuttles off. So kind of like throws it a little. Yeah. Like, yeah. like what a dick. Yeah. yeah. Then it's like, you know, here and there and everywhere in this house. So the the kids are going all around the house and that's when they see what is possibly another apparition, but is actually yeah. just an old lady right. who lady lives there. Yes. And like, I like that because like you're kind of made to think that she's like an older, like aged, like scarier looking la- version of the lady in white. Mm-hmm. And that's not actually true. It's right. like, but like, that's what you're kind of led to believe. You're like, yes. Oh, when like, this the lady in white died she becomes this like old crone of yeah. a ghost and yeah you're not sure like okay so but she looks different like yes. not yes. drastically they're yeah. both wearing like white flowy but like but like i think obviously she's got um red, red hair, hair whereas right. the apparition lady in white has, like, has blonde, blonde hair, hair. yeah very, blonde. very light blonde yeah. yeah so it's very like oh okay but they you know but she's the lady in white like in both instances so you're like okay something's going on right but it's not very clear at first but yeah, she just like comes out from. It, it's I, I want to say Donald at the foot of the stairs and uh, uh, Louis at like the top of the stairs, and they're each like stepping, like one step, but you know towards each other to corner the alligator before it can take off, and the door just like opens at the top of the stairs, and she's back there, and they freak out and run away. Yeah. yeah. So when Frankie like flees the house is when he runs into Gino. Right he realizes that he's missing the ring and he's scrambling around and Gina's like, no, we got to go. Right. Yeah. And then my next note is that that's when Gino matches the rings. When we see him go down in the basement and like put the two rings side by side. Right. He looks at them and he's like, yep, those are the same. Yeah. But he doesn't Uh, know whose ring it is. Right. Like it's clearly not the dad's, but it's like, okay, this is like, there's some connection here to somebody that my dad would probably know. Right. Willie, the janitor, is not indicted because the grand jury has not found sufficient evidence to continue to charge him with a crime. And you, you as the audience are like, holy shit. Yeah. That's, is there, are, is there actually going to be justice here? That's great. I, it's a very small part in this. Like, he doesn't get a lot of screen time. But I think, uh, what was it, Henry? Henry Harris. Henry Harris. I think he's really good. Yeah, me too. In it, he's like, because he comes out, you know, comes out of the courtroom and there's like all these reporters and they're asking him like how does it feel and whatever and he's like he's like feels great but he's very like uh you know because like could you could play this like a million different ways but he's like he's like it's great i'm gonna you know go back be with my family he said, i'm gonna go these people are gonna take me to get my stuff and my then i'm gonna go home they're gonna take yeah. me back to the jail to get my stuff and i'm gonna go home and you're just like oh that's that's great like yeah mm-hmm. and frankie's father is there yes at yes the courtroom, and he's happy he's like yes. great yeah yeah, and the um, sheriff is there, and he's he's also kind of like, okay, like you know, I'm good, I'm good with this. Like, 
you know. And they put him in the back of the police car, and but like his wife is still on the outside of the police car, and they're talking. Yeah, she's on like, the, um, the window, like sidewalk side, and she's on his like, side. yeah, and she's like, you know, I'll see you at home, and whatever, and whatever. And um, Amanda, uh, Richie's mom, yeah, Richie's mom. Richie's mom comes up and. Uh, she says something before she walks she over says the to car. Her husband, like, I want to go apologize. Yeah, she's like, I have to go talk to him. Like, and, I have to go apologize. And she goes over and she like knocks on the window and he rolls it down. And, and she's, she's like, on the opposite side, so she's street, like, street side. side and yeah. like, he's inside. His wife is on the other side. Right. And yeah, she she says like, um, I'm, I'm sorry, sorry for all for you've been through. All you've been through, and yeah, and, and you're like, oh, okay, like. Yeah. And he's like, thank you, like I appreciate that kind of thing. And then the worst part of the fucking movie, in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. This is like a huge fucking huge left turn. Yeah. Uh, and she just goes like, does she say this is for she Richie? Says, this is for my Richie. Yeah, and like shoots him. She pulls a little handgun up under a handkerchief, and shoots him in the head. In the head. Blood hits the fucking, you know, inside of the window in front of his wife. Everybody starts, like, screaming. They, they drag uh, Amanda away. And Frankie's dad sees, you know, the wife walking in shock. She's, mm-hmm. like, completely, like, just fro- Her face is, like, frozen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's got what looks like blood on her. Right. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, like, yeah, she, she has got- his blood on her. Right. And then Frankie's dad gets to her. And then you realize... The bullet went through her husband's head into her like shoulder, shoulder. Yeah. like the front of her shoulder, and she's just like in shock. So yeah. like it's not even just his blood; she got shot through the same bullet. Mm-hmm. And so like he's trying to like get her to walk with him, and then the sheriff comes up, and he's like, "She's in shock," and yeah. they like try and like get her yeah, the to sheriff. safety. Awful. Yeah. Fucking yeah, like awful. that yeah. happened, and I like my jaw hit the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I it, completely forgot about that. Yeah, me too. It was, it's just so terrible and so, like... It's brutal. It's brutal, yeah. and it's, like, that's exactly how it goes in this kind of situation with these, like, kind of people who are super racist and, like, don't care. Yeah. Right. And it's the, it's the, like, power of grief and, yeah. you know, and yeah. not having anyone to, to blame and not, you know... Yeah. Oh, it's a mess. It's like, it reminded me a lot, she reminded as a character. Again, and she's also a very small part. Not a lot of screen time, uh, Amanda, whatever. She reminded me of the um, extremely religious, like, scold character from uh, The Mist. Oh, yeah. Where Marcia you're just Gay like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, I get, I get it, but, like, you're wrong. Like, it's wrong. Yeah. But, like, I get why, like, you're like this. And in, like, the short story, too. You're just right. like, yeah, it's rough. So the thing that I think we miss the order of is that the scene with Gino and he goes into Frankie's room and Melissa, the apparition, is there and Frankie's like, don't scare her. And they kind of watch and it's almost the same thing where like it's reenacted and Frankie's like, they're going to bring her to the cliffs. And that's when you kind of really realize like, oh, okay, like that you knew he she was taken somewhere, but it was like the cliffs by the house. Yes. Right. It, at, through the woods, like he dumped her body. So yeah. they kind of like right Frankie's, now the house as a location yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and this avoids doing a thing that I really hate in movies, which is the third act new location. Oh sure. Now you can work it in some movies where you're looking for a, that specific location and then you find it and then you go there and that's why. But a lot of movies are just like, let's go to Dan's house now, and you're yeah. just like, what? What? Why couldn't this be a you know this? And it's rarely it rarely makes any sense. It's actually even worse if they do it for like half the act and then they go back to an established location. Sure. Yeah. It's like what? 
So this avoids that by having the kids go and they fuck around at the house. And right. we were like familiar with it as a place. Yeah. And you well, also they knew. first mention it in yeah. the uh, newspaper because they right. in it talking about Melissa being the first victim. They found her at the bottom of the Widow's Peak Cliffs. Yes. That was a popular um, necking location for right. the teens. And then also is, you know, frequented by the apparition, the lady in white. And, and you also, yeah. when Frankie's watching that initial, like, apparition reenactment in the cloakroom, you see that she's picked up and removed from the cloakroom. Yes. So you yeah. already know that she she's wasn't left somewhere. here. She wasn't found yeah. here. She's yeah. gone somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so what he and Gino follow Yeah, because Frankie yeah. takes right. off, and then Gino's like kind of like i don't want to do this but here goes my brother so he like mm-hmm. runs out and she was like wow ghosts are real okay yeah <laughs> and now i have to follow one like it was a lot right. for him and, then yeah. like, and when they follow him they follow her down to the cliffs and that's the first time you realize that she was not dead already because no. No. she kind of like wakes up and is like screaming when she realizes like the unseen figure is going to toss yeah, her Yeah, she's the just cliff. dangling over the, she's being held over the cliffside yeah. and she starts I, freaking out. And that's like, I feel like such a good touch too because like it makes like this horrible situation worse because you're like, shit, she wasn't dead yet. Yeah. Right. And now she's going to yep. get tossed over the cliff. And yep. it also kind of, I mean, like, if you're looking for logic in, like, why isn't there more ghost activity or sure. something or anything? It's like, oh, well, she has, like, she woke up. She knows where it yeah. ends. Like, she, you know, it's more tragic and more traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she gets, she gets thrown off the cliffs. Yes. And then the lady in white comes out of the house. Kind of calling for her. Yeah. yeah. Looks over the cliff, sees her down there, I guess, and then throws herself after right. her daughter. And you're left to infer that that's her mother. Yes. Like, right. they don't tell you straight out because yeah. they think you're smart enough to mm-hmm. just know. Yeah. And when she, like, leaps off, her, like, dress, like, flares out. Yeah. Uh, you know, almost like wings. And then mm-hmm. we see, like, Melissa's hands superimposed on either side of her, like, like the little the angel, angel that statue. We saw earlier. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, that's yeah. so, like, it's chilling. Yeah. Yeah. So Gino gets sick from this little jaunt out there. So he's yeah. homesick with pneumonia and doesn't get to go to school that day. And then, yes, we do have the, the seat. Like, dad's not home because dad's at the courthouse. Yeah. G- this is when Gino goes to the basement. And yeah. He pulls the rings out again, and he's looking at the inscription on the inside, and one has three initials. Yeah. It's A something S. I forget what the middle initial like was. Angelo. But, yeah, it's, And he you pulls know. out Dad's yearbook, yeah. and he, like, scrolls through until he finds, he's like, oh, it's Angelo, what, whatever. Scarlatti. Scarlatti, yeah. yeah. Or whatever it is. And so then he's like, oh, well, this other one is MPT. And he's like, look at MPT, and it's Michael Philip Terragrosa. Which is Uncle also known Phil. as Uncle yeah. Phil. And he looks over and he's like, oh, it's Uncle Phil. Yeah. And so, like, he kind of, like, you kind of see the everything wash over him. Mm-hmm. And at the yeah. same time, Phil has, has picked up Frankie, like, presumably from school and has taken him out to have, like, an archery, like, target practice yeah. with his new, to shoot arrows. like, archery set that he gave him the day after he was almost, almost murdered. murdered. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, like, see them at. Like in the kind of like the woods, but like yeah. in a clearing, shooting arrows, like they're having like a good old time. And before like they're ready to leave, they're like kind of like okay, like he's like we'll shoot one more. And it's like the weirdest, 
most uncomfortable shot. It's so effective. Oh, yeah. He's, like, when he's correcting his, like, form. Yes, and it's, mm-hmm. like, the shot is really close up. Because remember, on their faces, he's like, a perv. Yeah. Yeah. So his face is, like, right up against Frankie, but you can't, it's not at the whole face. It's, like, the side of their face where, like, you can see their mouths and, like, a little bit of their cheek and eyes. And he's just, like, hold your breath. Release. And it's, like, yeah. so uncomfortable. It, seriously, like, it looks like he's going to lick him. Yes. It's, it's so creepy. <laughs> it's so uncomfortable. Yep. And you're just like, oh, what the fuck? Because you're also like, okay, why did he bring him out here? Right. Like, is he going to kill him? Yes. Is it, you know, is he going to molest him and then kill him? Like, is this like, oh, I, this is one of my crimes. I can't, you know. Right. Like, because serial killers have the, the latency yeah. periods and then they, you know. So is it going to be like, oh, this is one of my crimes? Or is this like, oh, I have to get rid of the only witness? Like, right. <sighs> so it's very tense. And they say they're going to, like, leave. And he says to Frankie, like, you collect all the bows and arrows and, like, the bundle and I'll go get the target. Mm -hmm. So Frankie, like, collects all of them and he's in the truck putting it away while his uncle walks back. uh, Yeah, it's covered back, like, trucks. And, yeah, Phil starts walking back and he's whistling, have you ever seen a dream walking? Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, which we knew he would be. Yeah. <laughs> we knew this was coming. Lucas Haas is, like, facial acting, and that is really, it's really good. good. Mm-hmm. It's such a tense, like, little scene. Too. Yeah. It's shot really well, because for the most part, it's all shot from within the car. There's not, there's, I think there's one shot outside the car, just so we see Phil, like, going to the back uh, window again. Yeah. But then the rest of it is, like, basically from Lucas Haas's, like, perspective, where you just yeah. see, like, Phil does the thing where he, like, Ducks down so oh, they can't that's see so him. Creepy. Yeah. So creepy. He like notices that Lucas Haas is like looking at him. Right. Like yeah. really he, intently he can't fix with his almost face. like a frozen look. And yeah. it's like you can see the like he's like he knows. Yep. He, he knows that out. I know that he knows now. Yeah. And you know, he does this whole thing of Frankie, I wouldn't have done it if I knew it was you. I didn't know it was you. Yeah, I couldn't right. see your face. Yeah. Right. I wouldn't have tried to murder you like because yeah. you're a special kid. Right. right. And Lucas Haas, like, locks the door, like, on all sides really fast. And that's when he does that, like, he's, like, standing in front of the window. And then he just, like, like ducks down so fast. Yeah, it's so creepy. And he's just gone. And you're like, yeah. where is he? And yep. then he's trying to come in through the back window. And uh, Lucas Haas, like, almost, like, to, tr- like chokes him out with the back. Like, <laughs> which is great. It's got the electric, uh, electric window. So he's, like, putting it up. Mm-hmm. And he, like, kind of catches him. And then... Phil just like elbows it, shatters Yo. it with his elbow, Ooh. which I was like, "Ooh, this is fucking getting yeah. intense. Uh-huh. This is getting good." And like Lucas Haas just like quickly unlocks the door and just darts out the passenger and just into the woods. Yeah, yep. um, and they do a couple like really quick establishing shots of him like running, and he like holds up in the woods for a minute mm-hmm. where he's like hidden, like ducked down behind a tree or whatever. And uh, they changed the lighting on him. So you can yeah. see like the sun went down. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's like a fun, fun little thing. And yeah. you know, and I think it's also to again, echo like Phil being in shadow in the cloakroom. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, Good call. and being a shape. Yeah. Um, totally. And Phil's got this like bow and arrow. So I was also like, Oh, shit. Oh, he's going to he shoot like, that kid. Yeah, is he going to shoot this kid with an arrow? You see him grab it. Like, yeah. He, like, you, so he you're, intentionally like, oh, grabs yeah, it. Yeah, like, it wasn't, yeah. like, on his back. Like, Lucas Haas yeah. is the one who put it in the yeah. the truck, and he's, he took it to go into the woods. So you're like, fuck. Yeah, and I was like, oh, shit. And, like, again, we just saw him, like, this isn't a negative. I love TV movies. This has a very TV movie vibe. Like, sure. As far as, like, the effects, the pacing, like, it's very, like, cool, 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 like. So to then see, like, intense violence, like him shattering the thing with his elbow Mm -hmm. is, like, ooh, very shocking. And, like, I was like, okay, now we're getting serious. So it's not off 
to table that he might be hunting a kid with an arrow. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I was like, holy shit! Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this does a good job of like you know really going there when it wants to and then yeah. backing off. Totally. You know? Totally. A good descriptor for this is that it's not afraid to get intense. Yeah. Yes. When it when it suits the story. Yeah. Because it's not it's not intense the whole time. It's not trying to be. It's not high tension the whole sure. time. There's there's no. the comic relief. There's the folksiness of it. Well, and it does make it more like you you sit up and take notice when we get hard. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding. Like him smashing that thing, I, I, that literally like had me like popped up out of my seat. Yeah. It's very intense. It all is. Of a it really is. Yeah. And the look on his face is just yeah. Whew, oh yeah. Cutting. Well, and I mean, this movie also does a really good job of putting you in the like perspective and shoes of a kid. Yes. And so, yeah, to be having an adult outside of a car and and possibly coming in is like, yeah, a lot. It's horrifying. Yeah, right. yeah. it's really scary. It's a very like very tense, very scary sequence. Mm-hmm. Totally. So Phil chases him in the woods, and he finds him, and he immediately puts the bow and arrow down dashing my dreams that he was going to hunt a child and he's like so i'm not going to hurt you and he like takes off the bow and arrow as like the like almost like the cop trying to get the gunman to put like say i have no weapons and he straight up he he treats it like oh i didn't even realize i had these Uh, yes i know this isn't for you right yeah (laughs) in case any deer tried to kill me while right uh but frankie runs to the cottage uh the, the the house on on widow's peak i don't know if we mentioned that like the other lady in white is uh the ant? I don't think we know that yet. Oh, do but we yeah. not know that yet? Okay. Um, but yes, it turns out that it's during the big climax, which is like five okay. minutes from now. But okay. She has red hair. The lady in white usually has blonde hair. And then we saw the lady in white, you know, throw herself off the cliff and she had blonde hair. And you're like, okay, so what? She's not. She's, yeah, she's the aunt of Melissa. She's the sister of the other lady in white, Melissa's mother. And she's also devastated, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's and, her entire family. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, she's just become like a hermit. Like, yeah, and that's also why she looks so much older is because she is. Right. Yeah. She yeah. didn't die 11 years ago. Right. right. There's that great shot where I love this, where, like, when Frankie gets to, like, the house and he's kind of, like, hugging the siding and kind of trying to go around, yeah. and so is Phil. Yeah. And so Phil fakes him out and starts to go the opposite way, but you don't see him. You see a shadow change direction. All yeah. against yeah. the house. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's so it's a good perfect. Detail. Like, it's so much scarier. Yes. To not see him, to see just the shadow, like, going one way and then realizing that the smarter thing to do is to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then Frankie's going around the same way, but he's looking behind him because he thinks Phil's still behind him. So then Phil shows up on the other side of him as a surprise. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. good. It is. And it's very, again, I keep saying it, but it's very like Stephen King. It's low. Like low stick because you're dealing with the kid. The kid's not going to be like a kung fu master. He's not going to yeah. be you know parkouring through you know whatever. It's like no no no. Like a kid is going to try to find somewhere to hide and like try to put something in between him and the scary guy. Yes like, yeah. And yeah and of course like the adult is going to outthink the kid. The kid's too scared to think. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's it's really good. It it's very good. it's very good. I keep saying it's good, but but it's so good. It is. Mm-hmm. It's it's extremely solid. Gino's getting dad. Frankie and Gino's dad is sitting on a bench outside of the courthouse still. It's like yeah. the, the sun has gone down. He's almost like sad and in shock himself. He's yeah. just sitting there like looking off into space, like not moving. Yeah. yeah. Gino rides 
his bike like and he's like, screaming like dad 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 yeah. and like that's when it, gino's dad kind of like snaps out of the trance and like is like oh like what's happening and then yeah. you don't actually hear what their conversation is right it's, we like, don't hear him scene. say like it's phil yeah, yeah. it's Holy just shit. next scene frankie is rescued by the lady in white yeah 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 so she what she takes him inside and he wakes up in in her her room it's all candles so and, many candles yes and this is when she says like Melissa yeah. was my, my niece. And, she has you know. a picture of them, yeah. right? Yes. And she mentions, like, my entire world, like, died, essentially. Yeah. It's really and sad. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And then Phil stabs her. That scene, too, is yeah. wild because it's like you're, from Frankie's perspective, he's on this bed looking up at her, and she's got this flowing red hair and this flowing white dress. And so it's, the perspective of him is, like, she's kind of almost too close to him. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, like, very intimate. Mm-hmm. And then... It's just from behind he stabs her. Yeah. And then it moves and then it's his face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she like falls out of frame. Yeah. And it's he did the, you know, like like crouch down like out of out of frame and so then he stands up in a frame uh-huh. and it's so, so fucking... creepy. Either she or he knocks over a candle. Candles and, then, and the, everything yeah. goes up so yep. fast. Dominoes, yep. yeah. Oof. Uh yeah, it's a fucking it's like an inferno almost immediately. Yeah. He picks up Frankie. Yeah, he carries him out as though he's rescuing him from the fire, <laughs> which uh-huh. is so twisted. Right, yeah. yes. and then is going to go throw him off the cliff, and I'm like, you could have just left him. Just in there. Left him. That was a problem that solves itself. <laughs> it's, it's like such like the cat and mouse of their situation, yeah. where he's like, I wasn't going to hurt you, but no, I am going to hurt you. But I you. am going to throw like, you into the sea. It's like you just never like yeah, like he puts his bow and arrow down, but like then he'll strangle strangle him. him you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, he's conflicted. He's a complex character. He's, he's complex, yeah. So then, <laughs> tries to throw Frankie off the cliff. The ghost lady in white scares him. She, like, swoops down out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, birdemic. Like, she's just mm-hmm. like, shoosh. And, yeah, and, and Phil's like, Whoa, and, like, falls <laughs> off the cliff, which is pretty great. It just looks a little, like... A little janky, sure. but it's still like it looks good. Like it's it's not yeah. like oh it's terrible. It's just like oh no no no. Like it's 1988. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like this is great for 1988. Totally. The budget in this is all in this like finale. There's a lot of great like not, nothing crazy but minor effects photography. Mm-hmm. A lot of like there's some green screen or blue screen or something. And yeah. Some forced perspective things mm-hmm. and, and a whole and lot the, of fire and the so fire, fire, dude. Like that's expensive. Yeah. yeah. Do a full burn on a building like that. Oh, like yeah. that costs. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is like well. Like well paced as far as like the yeah, budgetary you need stuff concerns. to burn, and then you need you know to actually to burn it, it and then you while. need to have a bunch of people around to make sure that you don't burn things you're not supposed to burn. Right. Exactly. And like you got to do it for a while because you have to get multiple takes. Yeah. You right. Know. Multiple angles. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And boy, it's a really intense fucking fire. There's like a one point of view shot. I guess it's when Phil's carrying Frankie out, and you know it's just like somebody carrying a camera walking through there. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my god, like yeah, because like nothing looks like that. Like, it's not a big house or whatever. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it looks very, like, narrow doors and stuff. And I'm just like, imagine being, like, you know, the cameraman. I'm sure, you know, in a full burn suit with the gel and stuff. Sure. But still, like, imagine having to walk through that. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to hold your breath. Yeah. yeah. Like, to get those shots. You can't breathe. There's no oxygen in there. So scary. Like, ugh. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's not a stuntman. It's a cameraman. Or it's a like, stuntman who they were like. Man that they trained to do that sure, shot. Sure. Yeah. But, like, either way, it's not someone who's, that's their full job. Right. Is it's that, somebody. Is, some, is one part of that's not their full job. Right. Yeah. Right. Somebody's you know? doing one thing they're probably not trained for. Right. And best case scenario, it's operating the camera. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. It's not like, oh, that's, that's Dennis. Yeah. The crazy cameraman. Yeah. He'll the do whatever. The pyrotechnic cameraman. Right, right, right. It's like, I've heard, I've heard tale of you, Dennis. Like, ah. Uh-huh. He's like, I do burns and I film films. 
Those are the only two yeah, things I, I can do. Burns. And I film burns. And I burn films sometimes by accident. By accident. In my early days. <laughs> There's like the scuffle on the cliff. Yes. With... Uh, you want to you walk through this? So the, it's the when. Finale? Tell me if I'm messing, I'm messing anything up with the order of this. The lady in white scares Phil. There's like a tumble situation, but he's still kind of wrestling with Frankie. Yes. And they're on the cliff's edge. So there's a lot of like, they both kind of go over, but they're like holding on to each other. And like this one twig that's doing a lot of lifting. Yes. Of, that's, of that's a lot of body weight. cliff stuff. Yeah. It's the Looney Tunes yeah. branch that's yeah. always sticking out I'm on like, the side of a cliff. It's thicker than a normal branch for these kind of shots, yeah. which I appreciate, but it's not that big. No. Um, it might be a root. Yeah, it's a, it's a root. It's very deep. Right? Yeah. And they're kind of shuffling about it, and Frankie's dad shows up. And yeah. with Gino and the sheriff and some other cops, right? Is that right? Yeah, um, I think he... Well, I think it's Gino and dad at first, and then the cops show up shortly after, because I think he... Right, right. They were kind of like right behind him, sort of, like, following behind. Frankie's dad kind of, like, grabs him right as he's about to, like, lose his balance completely and pulls him up. If it was Frankie run over to Gino, is that right? I think so. And mm-hmm. Gino's kind of like set back a little. Yeah. Yeah. And then Frankie's dad looks over and Phil is still hanging onto this root. And he like extends a hand. And he says like, take my hand essentially. Like yeah. grab, grab it. He like, there's a moment where Alex Rocco like gets down like, you know, chest on the ground. And he's like looking over at Phil, the guy who has killed 10 kids for your 11, 11 kids over kids. 10 years yep. yeah. and tried to kill his son on multiple occasions. Yeah. And also is so, sort of responsible for the deaths of two other people. Right. right. And right. has and has betrayed the family. Yeah. Yes. And he looks at him and you're just like, oh, is dad going to like... Pull it's kind his... of what you think is right. going to happen. Dad's going to like pull his hand off the root or whatever, or whatever. But then he goes like, give me your hand. Come on, I'll pull you up. Mm-hmm. Phil has to really like stretch and he grabs like the back of... What's it? Angelo? Yes. Grabs the back of his hand. Yeah. He's holding on to like his wrist. And like he can't get his other hand up, you know, because he's like swinging. And Phil kind of realizes like. Uh, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I've done terrible things. I'm just going to die now. And to, to his credit, you know, dad is like, no, come on. Don't do it. Don't, you know, but he does. So then like, you know, it's the full circle moment where like. He's killed Melissa this way, and now this is the way he dies right. as well. Mm-hmm. And, and she was the first kid. It was 10 years ago. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, it's, it's symmetrical. It's the bookends mm-hmm. of it. Right before Phil comes back, because we think Phil is dead. Yeah. And, you know, that's, and then when Dad and Gino show up, and they're like, Frankie, where's Phil? And he's like, oh, he went off the cliff. But before Dad and Gino show up, ghost girl Melissa and her mother oh, are yeah. reunited and they are beamed straight to heaven <laughs> or whatever. And then or the two space. stars like kind of they go cr- into they, they go like the, like like in an arch and then the kind of almost like kiss together and then go into the Yeah, it's like a blue angels maneuver. Like they fly up, they're like <laughs> parallel and then they split off and they both loop around and they meet again and keep going. And I was like, This rules. And before they do that, they hug and then Melissa kind of looks at Frankie and mouths, thank you. Thank you, yeah. yeah. You're like, oh. Right, because like she, yeah, like they they both were looking for each other, and they couldn't in couldn't a tortured way, right? Yeah. And they couldn't rest until this was all resolved, and now it's resolved. And man, it's like they got beamed up to the Enterprise, like <laughs> yeah. it's like this column of light. And I was like, oh shit, they're going right to heaven, like immediately, no waiting. But then, yeah, they like it's like them flying through the cosmos, mm-hmm, and yep. I was like, oh cool, this movie's so weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's so good and so interesting. 
Yeah, and then there's snow, I think, over the burning yes, house, right? Yeah. That's it. And then I was like, okay, we're going to fade into the cemetery and get like the bookend, and it's just like no credits. And I was like, oh, right on. <laughs> so I had a miss memory okay. when I went to this movie. In my mind, and I told you, I only saw this once in fifth grade. His dad, Angelo, was the, either the killer or, or in cahoots oh. with Phil. Oh. So as I'm watching this and like Phil's dead, I'm expecting the Another dad turn. to like do something. And then it was credits. And I was like, I completely misremembered this. <laughs> and I was expecting that to be the twist the whole fucking time. And it was not. <laughs> it would make sense, though, because, I mean, Alex Rocco, not a like household name, but definitely right. a recognizable character right. actor. So, I mean, that's usually the tell. Especially when, like, when when I was watching the like cloakroom scene and like kind of was like jogging my memory because that was the that was the scene I had the most like vivid recollection of. Mm -hmm. And when he puts the mask down, I'm like, right, because Dad doesn't know it's him. Right. And then like Mm. almost kills his own son, and that's why he's the one reviving him. And that was all would make sense. That that memory did not happen, (laughs) so I was wrong in that. (laughs) I wonder if Dad. Reviving him in the cloakroom is, like, supposed to be a red herring. Like, it, that in would that make fashion. Sense. Yeah, that would make mm. sense like that. That would make sense. And, like, the fact that he was so, he was the only person in town who was, like, Willie probably didn't do it. Yeah. Like, right. I thought that was also, like, him trying to throw, like, his guilty conscience. Like, right, him trying to balance yeah. the bad with the good. Yeah, and, and be like, well, like, no, like, I know it wasn't him because it was right. me. I can't tell right. you why right. I don't think it was right. him. Yeah. But, right. But I don't – listen – I do some stuff, but right. I don't want an innocent man to die. Like, so, like, all those things were, in my mind, as I was watching it again the other night, confirming what I thought was the right, truth. Right, 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 And it was like, see? Like, it doesn't make sense that he'd be the only person in town to be a decent human being and not think Willie did it. Not everything and, scream, Nicole. Well, apparently <laughs> not, true. Allison, and I know that now. So, yeah, I was wrong. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Whoops. Whoops. And then they the credits is the original version I think of yes yeah the song I've never seen a dream yeah walking yeah fifth 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 grade Nicole was like this movie needs yeah. a twist yeah this movie needs it's not more twist yeah good taste though yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks yeah. Mrs Majiri yeah oh yeah thank you because I wouldn't have heard about this uh, if it wasn't for Nicole. Yeah. We send each other Christmas cards, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna tell her that oh, that we taught that we I, and I told my friends we need to watch this and then we talked about it on a show. Oh that's a, that's great. That's yeah. adorable. Are there any other like moments or anything from the movie we wanna Well so I did say that Phil was also somewhat culpable for two other deaths. I guess it's actually three because he did definitely kill the ant then, right? Oh, right. yeah, that's so true. He definitely killed the ant and then also was kind of responsible for Melissa's mom's suicide mm-hmm. and for murder uh, Willie's murder. Willie. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So We're also yeah. assuming Willie's wife is okay. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. So perhaps The movie might be even darker. Uh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. Like, what if that was that was why they cut the cemetery thing? Is like we're like, oh, it's gonna be uh, Melissa and her mom, and maybe the ants. Like, it's like, oh, because we see him go up to two graves. I'm like, he's a grown man in the beginning. You know, you're like, oh, maybe it's his parents. Like, because we sure. don't know anything. And so maybe the like reveal would be like it would be Melissa and her mother, and then it would like pan back a little, and you're like, oh, and there's the ant. Like all three of sure. them buried together. It's very nice. But what if the original one was it was. Willie and his wife. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and, and everyone's like, too dark. Okay, yeah. you gotta cut this. Like, this, like, there's no getting out of the sorrow pit. We're we're digging here. Listen to me, Lologia. You can play... Listen, I'll make you a deal. 
You got to cut the ending, but you can play him in the... There you go. Because that's he's playing grown-up Frankie. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uncredited, but it's on IMDb. So. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's fun. That is fun. And it's like, it's a better Hitchcockian cameo than anybody, notably M. Night Shyamalan, have managed ever, basically. <laughs> because, like, it's ne- he's almost never, like, in like facially in frame. Yeah. yeah. He's just yeah. kind of like a shape. You see him from, like, the side, from the back of the head, like... I think when he starts talking, it's, like, real low on his face. Like, yeah. it's not like, oh, look, it's me. I'm the star. Like, he's not the star. Do you know if he's the voiceover, too? I would assume so, because I think mm-hmm. it's the same voice, but I, I, I didn't see anything, like, credited as narrator. Now that you, since you yeah. mentioned it, Allison, that voice reminds me of A Christmas Story now that you've mentioned it. It's the tone mm. of it, yeah. the, like, yeah, way yeah. the intonation of yeah. his inflection is. I'm like, yeah, that's totally right. Like, absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking up Lilogia to see if he, uh, Lady in White. Oh, he did Fear No Evil. I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Did something called The Wizard of Speed and Time. Excellent. That sounds like something you'd fucking watch. Yeah, also totally. 1988, same year as this. That's huh. a busy year. Yeah. Speed and Time in this economy? <laughs> <laughs> um, those are the only, th- I guess those are his three directorial, uh efforts hunter i also forgot to show you this is a very big aside so you can cut this out but like i want to say it was like the new york times or something like food section has a uh say chase cake and so it's a lot of people going say chase and estai call me now (laughs) (laughs) really yes love that that's so good yes um okay no so he directed um Fear No Evil and Lady in White, but he was an actor in uh, The Wizard of Speed and Time. Okay. And he might have written it? No, he wrote Lady in White, Fear No Evil, that's it. That makes me want to look up Fear No Evil. Yeah. Because he wrote this. And, like, I really like the writing in this. I like the world building. I yeah. like everything yeah. about it. And, like, is it a Stephen King pastiche? Definitely, it feels like to me. But that's not a bad thing. No. no. Not at all. Not at all. No, he's a genre unto himself at this point. That's yeah, like being totally. like, that's like being like, oh, it's a ghost story. What an original idea! It's like everybody right. can play in the space. It's fine. Totally. Yeah. Um, so that really does make me want to look up Fear No Evil, 1981, because yeah, he wrote it and directed it. And Again, as be, we've as we've said before, a lot of very competent writing where you are shown, not told things, but in a way that feels very natural until you get more information. Then you go, yeah. oh, that thing earlier. Right. Totally. So. No, yeah, it's great. environmental storytelling. You, you yeah. mentioned video games earlier when we were talking about the discrepancy yeah. between, you know, budgets and things. Environmental storytelling is so big in video games because people don't like to be reminded they're playing a video game. They like mm. the immersive experience. They don't like, like, basically Clippy showing up and be like, are you trying to fire a rifle? Let me show you how to do it. Sure. Like, people have also, you know, I think we've exhausted the, like, introductory level where you are like, this is how you run, like, and people hate stuff where it's, like, arrows pointing you, like, go this way, do this thing. So environmental storytelling is, like, like in the Tomb Raider, the modern Tomb Raider games, uh, where you're supposed to go, there's like these weird chalky, like wear and tear on things. And it's conceptually, it's like, oh, because people climb up that, which is what you're going to go do. Mm. And, oh, um, the Last of Us games, mm-hmm. they use yellow a lot. Like, if well, you're. Well, color and light is a yes, big I part mean, they, of, yes. you know, visual level design and stuff. But there's oh, a lot man. of, like, big open area don't know where i'm supposed to go look and it's like oh well this has like uh half torn down um caution tape like fluttering it's like but it's bright yellow and you're like okay cool and that draws your eye and draws your attention and that's where you're supposed to end up right. like and this is that this is the a version of that it's like oh we're showing all this little stuff and it seems like it's just filling in the canvas but it's actually more important mm-hmm. it's, it's really good it's really really well written i think i just think those two brothers like 
like Frankie and Gino, like they they play so well together. I know I said it a little yeah. bit before, but like they just it's a I really like, good balance. I like the, the family a lot. Yeah, the family it feels real. Yeah, the family scenes are all like very fun, and they do feel like a Christmas story. That kind of like, yeah, it's the same like that familial vibe of like totally. My 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 crazy family like yeah. grandpa's in the tub again. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I cannot believe that scene. That's so funny. Oh, that's so good. Okay, well then let's uh, let's not belabor the point. Let's um, let, let us vote. Is this uh, hate watch or a great watch? Nicole, you are our guest. You chose this film. It is a great watch. Yes, you chose this film years ago. I did years. I ago. was the one who suggested it now, but it's only because we've been meaning to do it for years. Yeah. I'm checking these off. I, look at us go. One it's a them. great October movie because it, it feels like fall. It right. does. And yeah. it transitions to being like, you know, Christmas is, you know, end of the year movie. It's a it's a very good film for 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 the end of your year. Yeah. Emphatic um, great watch. And it's yeah. it's and it's sweet. It's very sweet. It's yes. sweet. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's scary and it's, it's, it's upsetting. It's sad. Yeah. 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 It's got it all. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it really is. It really like ticks all the boxes. I, I agree. I mean, this is like this is a super good watch. Also, like nobody knows this movie. Nobody knows no. this movie yeah. except my fifth grade teacher. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, I was in it. <laughs> right. She was like, I was one of the kids. Yeah, I was that angel. <laughs> As of recording, this was on Tubi. Hunter will yes. be checking before he puts it up. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it'll be on our link tree. And we just keep talking about Tubi. Tubi. It was also on Pluto at oh. at the time of this recording. Yeah, Tubi, awesome. if you want to sponsor the show, we're Pluto. Listen. Yeah, please reach out because we love Tubi. <laughs> Same. I also love Tubi. Yeah. My mm-hmm. wife and I are people who tell everybody about Pluto TV and Tubi. Yeah. Yep. Allison. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great watch for everything that we've been talking about. Yeah. You dug it. I really did. This was a first time watch for me. And yeah, really very good. Very a lot of things. I mean, the the outside the courthouse scene, real like the the church scene was uncomfortable. The outside of the court scene thing, like, really had me going. Like, totally. you know, really oh, yeah. just sad. So it's, it's yeah, brutal. It doesn't feel um, manipulative. It doesn't feel like yeah. you no, did yeah. it just to do it. It feels like totally. it makes it feel more real. It makes everything else feel grounded because it's like the supernatural, you know, like shenanigans and like a, and a serial killer and all this. But it's like, but also like real people. Yeah. And yeah. real drama mm-hmm. and like real tragedy. Yeah. Not that like having a child murdered isn't, but we don't see that. No, we don't, you know, right. we get like a ghost. It's already happened, you know. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's very good. I'm really glad you both liked it. Oh, so much. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank I've been you really guys. Looking, I've been looking forward to doing this on the show for, yeah. for a while. Nicole, would you please uh, direct everyone to your, your social media and your uh, business endeavors? Sure. So we are sitting in my place of business, the South Street Art Mart, which is home to 180 plus indie and local artists. And Jesus. I know <laughs> we are insane. And there is so many things. There is prints, pins, candles, earrings, shirts, zines. You guys have started getting stuff. weird stuff. Yeah. Like, I know. The last couple stuff. of times I've been in here, y'all have had like nail polish and marbles yes. Yes. and stuff. This nail polish I'm wearing, I bought from here. Oh, it wow. is out of my comfort zone. It is very pink. It's called Femme well, for Femme, which it, I think is hilarious. I mean, it's very Barbie appropriate. <laughs> Indeed. So I guess on the Barbie Oppenheimer those, spectrum. You're... Those are the newest things that are so weird. They yeah. are giant 
hip chains. Yeah, I was gonna say like big like ball pit bubbles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and they've been pretty popular. I saw those in the window and thought it was just a part of a window display where I'm like, oh, that's fun and weird. And then I saw them hanging over there. I was like, oh, you can actually buy those. Okay. Yes, yes you can. Yeah. So our website is www.southstreetartmart.com. Our social media is South Street Art Mart. My personal social media for my jewelry is at Night Owl Designs. So those are my plugs. Please, please shop small, local, and help me keep my angry 17-year-old cat fed Nova. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, Nova, who also also watched this film. She loved it. Yeah. She sat and watched it. And she <laughs> is a that. fickle friend. So she stayed and watched the movie. I love that. You sent us a photo on that so that'll be on our on our social media. People will be able to see a photo of Nova <laughs> watching the film. It made me so happy. <laughs> does Nova have a social media or does she just have a hashtag? She has a hashtag. It's hashtag Nova Rules and there is a second Brazilian cat that's in that hashtag and I'm like, come on man. You just jumped in here and that's mm, fine because right. it's another cat, but like mm. Right, right, right. I don't know this There's Nova. no cars, no Chevy Nova no, enthusiasts. No, it's just a, a, a Philadelphia cat and a, a Brazilian cat. Uh, HWGW is also like a, a wine-centric hashtag. Weird. What does it mean? I don't know. Have wine, get wine. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I got no idea. I just remember when we first started social media, I searched the hashtag to see if it was a thing. And it had like 30 engaged, you know, 30 posts. And they were all wine. Weird. And Did you like, tell me this? I don't think I, think I knew this. I mentioned this. it before, but I was like, we can share. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we have wine. So. Yeah, that's true. We also sell Movie John here. It's true. We do, yeah. Allison and Hunter write for. Yeah. 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 We're one of the zines in the zine rack. Yeah. Yes. Like, you're like, like, oh, we have a lot bucket. of stuff here. They don't keep it in a bucket. That would be rude. <laughs> the, zine, yeah. the zine coffin. One day. <laughs> yeah. You're like, we have a lot of stuff here. And I was like, yep. From here. I can see. Oh my God! Pins, yeah. lots of pins, postcards, patches, T-shirts, tanks, pillows. There are decorated shoes and oh, purses hard. and coin purses, all kinds of prints. So many stickers, like so zines, many. stuffed yeah. animals. Thanks for hosting us. Yeah, literally any time. This was a good time. So if if anybody uh, listening, this was your first episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can get basically everything about us from our link tree. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash H-W-G-W. And that's where to find us on social media, where to stream the film that we're currently talking about. You can contact us. You can donate to the Movie John Patreon. You can listen to the episodes on Movie John or, you know, anywhere that you listen to them. What else is on there? Tina's link tree is on there. Yeah. We'll put an Art Mart uh, link on there. I found out that uh, link trees are like infinite so i can just keep oh, adding links. Awesome. i was like i can just keep adding yeah. links so i think i added um by the time this comes out i think i added the episode of dep impact that we were on oh to yeah, it. yeah yeah just like whatever and we put out new episodes every other wednesday that's every, every other, other wednesday, wednesday on moviejohn.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts i guess that is it we'll get out of your hair so you can put your table away <laughs> Thanks for watching the movie and hanging out with me. Yeah, thank thanks. you. Thanks for having us. Anytime. And thanks for coming on. Can't wait till you come on again. Me yeah. too. We'll make Nicole watch something terrible. Yeah, yeah also she's... Something bad. <laughs> something bad. Also, she's beating you. As of, as of uh, uh, Dance Till Dawn, she's been on five times. Yeah, that's true. So. That, we'll fix that. I keep trying mm -hmm. to foster these, like... These competitions. These yeah. competitions yeah. between guests. Uh -huh. <laughs> fucking American Gladiators podcast edition. Yeah. And here's Nova, and it's Nova, and, like, <laughs> red, white, and blue collar, a little oh helmet on. Oh, my God. On. <laughs>
just holding the one. <laughs> <laughs> I but like real talk, I always wanted to fire one of those like tennis ball like oh, that's yeah. my favorite game it's so fun mm-hmm. it's so unfair it's, it's really unfair because <laughs> like a every every airsoft like nerf ass gun they give the competitors to use sucks a dog's uh-huh. ass like, yeah. but those so are, they look like real tennis balls no right yeah and well, yes, it's, it's probably a modified like ball launcher right. like you'd give ten you'd have um, um tennis practice yeah. with yeah, yeah meanwhile right. yeah. the fucking the gladiators who use these things all the time are like expert at firing this oh, like, like Gatling boom, tennis boom, ball boom, gun. Boom. It's so unfair. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Hope you hope you all enjoyed it and uh, have a, have a great October. Yeah. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye. 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 Like, because we've been watching American Gladiators. American Gladiators has a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. And so we've been watching it at work. The only thing I'm disappointed in is that they don't have the commercials. Oh, God. The commercials are the best. The best. Because, like, every once in a while, mid, you know, game or something, they'll be like, and Atlasphere is brought to you by M&M's. Uh-huh. Grab something sweet or whatever. And I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> This has been a Movie John podcast. When she gets hit with that can of peas, it's just a beautiful thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite part.